Blog Talk Radio. The following account is based upon a true life experience with Jesus Christ. The true story and testimony of an eight-year-old girl named Janet Balderas Canella. Visions of the Rapture, the Great Tribulation, the Holy City, and the Thrones of God. Illustrated, edited, and compiled into visual design by Jason Andrew Sutherland. Dear brothers, may the Lord bless all of you in this hour. Let's read from the Bible in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 4, the Holy Word of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body I do not know. But God knows. Was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 4. I will relate to you an experience that I had with the Lord on September 5, 1999. We were in the church and the power of God was there filling our lives. I fell to the floor and felt the Lord's presence in me. I felt that the Lord was dealing with me and he began to show me visions. In one vision, I saw two roads, one was very wide, with many people walking on it, but they were walking towards their destruction. The other road was very narrow, and I saw there were many people walking down this road, praising and giving honor to the Lord. Then the Lord showed me another vision where an angel was fighting with a dragon. The dragon threw fire and demons to this earth. After the vision I saw another vision of a very bright shining clock. It was made of gold. The time shown was 12 o'clock. But I saw a hand make the clock go back to 11 o'clock. The Lord told me. My servant, I take the time back because my people are not prepared as I want them to be. I am taking the time back, because my people don't praise me as I want, that is why because of my great mercy, I am giving a last chance, so that everyone that comes to my feet shall receive eternal life. Then the Lord showed me another vision, while I was still lying on the floor. I saw a man riding a horse towards me. He extended his hands, and got closer to where I was laying on the floor. Then I felt the Lord take me into his arms as he then began to take my spirit out of my body and into his arms. We then began to ride, we rode upwards and stopped in a place not too high or low. He said to me, My servant, I told you that I was going to bring you with me, and that is what I am doing now, because what I say with my mouth, I fulfill. What I say, I do. That is why I have brought you here, my servant. But first I will show you my wounds so you will take into account and never forget what I have done for all of you. We arrived to the throne of God, 
and the Lord showed me the place where the nails were put in his hands, and where his side was pierced. He also showed me how he was whipped. I saw all the marks and stripes he took for all of us. He then said, Look, my servant, many of you do not take into account all that I have done for you, many of you forget that I died for you on the Calvary cross, and I feel great pain. I feel pain when my people deny me, like opening that wound again, and it hurts me. It is as if they are crucifying me on the cross all over again. I saw how the Lord was crying, because he feels pain when we let him down. He said, My servant, I will show you many things, I will show you the streets of gold, and the crystal sea, so that you can go and tell my people of the endless grandeurs, in which I have prepared for them. We soon arrived to a place with beautiful streets, so beautiful. I have never seen or touched such things on earth. The streets were shining. The Lord said, My servant, touch this street of gold, because you and my people will live here, because here my people will ride very soon. I saw the reflection of the Lord and me riding together. After that, we arrived at the Crystal Sea, it was so beautiful. While I was riding with the Lord through that precious sea, he told me. My servant, all this is not mine, all this is for my people. All that you can touch, I have prepared it with so much love for my people. Come over here, because I will show you other things. We then arrived in a beautiful place where I could see the glory of God, and feel his power. It was a big beautiful place. I saw many tables, so I asked the Lord, Lord what are all these tables for? He said, Servant, remember the wedding of the Lamb, remember that on these tables we will celebrate the wedding of the Lamb. I saw countless numbers of tables, and I could not see the end of them. There were angels at each table, so I asked the Lord, Lord, why is there an angel at each table and at each chair? The Lord said, My servant, these angels are decorating the tables, these angels are getting ready each table because I am already preparing everything. Dear brothers, those tables were so shiny, all of them were made of gold. The tables were very nicely decorated. I saw how each angel was putting on the fork, the knife, the spoon, the glasses, the dishes, all made of gold, so beautiful. The Lord told me. Servant, tell my people to get ready, because very soon I will take them with me, so that they can come here and enjoy with me in the wedding of the Lamb. It was so beautiful, the presence of the Lord could be felt there, such glory and majesty. The Lord said. Servant, come here because I will show you other things. We arrived at a place with many beautiful doors, so many beautiful doors. I said, Lord what's behind those doors? He said, Behind these doors, are my disciples, behind these doors, are my apostles, behind these doors, are all those who once walked over the earth praising and glorifying my name. We began to ride again and arrived at a door that was half opened, and the Lord said, Servant, 
come here. Come here because behind this door is Mary. Get close and hear what she is saying, so you can go and tell my people. Tell the people how Mary is suffering. I got closer and saw a young lady, such a beautiful young lady, so beautiful, her face was so pretty. She was looking through a very tiny window. She was kneeling down and looking to the face of the earth, crying with tremendous pain. She said, Why are you worshipping me? Why, if I do not have any power? Why are you worshipping me? I do not do anything. Do not worship me. Do not bow before me. For I cannot save you. The only one that can save, the only one that can redeem you is Jesus, who died for all mankind. Many people say that I have power, that I can perform miracles, but that is a lie. I do not do anything. Almighty God was satisfied with me and he used my womb so that Jesus could be born and save everyone, but I don't have any power. I cannot do anything. Do not bow before me. Do not worship me. For I am not worthy of worship. The only one that is worthy, the only one that you bow before and adore is Jesus. He is the only one that heals and saves. I could see how that young lady was in such tremendous pain, full of anguish and crying. She said, No. No. Do not worship me. Why do you bow before me? I don't do anything. You see, dear brothers, it was a tremendous thing to look at this young lady, how she was crying with such pain and sadness. The Lord told me. Servant, come here because I will continue showing you things. Servant, these robes are for all of you. Tears were running down the Lord's cheeks. And then the Lord said, Servant, many of these white robes will remain here, waiting for someone to take them. Many of these robes will remain here, waiting for a body. Many do not worship me as I want, Many do not pay any attention to all of the things that I do for all of you. Servant, many of these white robes will remain here, waiting for a body, because in my kingdom I do not receive anything dirty. In my kingdom I only allow holy things, because it is written in my word, Be holy, because I am holy. I looked and saw many robes, each one had a name written in gold. I touched the robes that were smaller and of different sizes, and I said, Lord, these small ones, who are going to wear them? The Lord replied, Servant, remember my little children? Remember that I have for everyone, I am not a respecter of persons, these little robes are for my little children that praise my name, they are for my children who like to go to my house and glorify my name. Therefore I have prepared big things for them. I have for everyone that looks for me, I have for all those that come to my feet. I give them eternal life. We began to ride again, and soon arrived at a huge place with many crowns. There were luxurious crowns and beautiful shining crowns, so I said, O Lord, those crowns, they are so beautiful. Who are these crowns for? The Lord said, Servant, 
These crowns you are touching, are for those that praise my name, for those that truly glorify my name the way I want. The Lord showed me other crowns, but I noticed that they were just a frame. Then the Lord said, Servant, look in this direction. And I began to see other crowns, but these crowns were made of thorns, so I said, Lord, don't let a crown of thorns or a simple frame be for me. The Lord told me, Servant, in this place there are three types of crowns, the luxurious and shiny crowns that you can see and touch, are for those that truly praise my name, for all those that truly and with all their hearts glorify and praise my name. They are for those that work in my vineyard, for those that enjoy to be in my house, for those that like to make an effort and take pains to be pleasant for my word. The crowns that are just a frame, that you can see and touch are for those that are just playing with my word, it is for those that do not like a crown of thorns to be in my house, it is for those that do not like to fast, nor to persevere, neither glorify my name, they are for those that just praise me with their lips but not with their hearts as I want. Why my servant? Because nobody can deceive me, there is no place to hide from me. Servant, those crowns made of thorns that you can touch and see, are for those that make fun of my word, they are for those that criticize my word, they are for all those who I am knocking at their hearts but they do not want to accept my word, for all of those that ridicule my word. After that, the Lord said, Servant, I will show you the rapture of the church. I will show you how my coming will be. So I said, Lord, I have already seen many things. Why are you going to show me more? Then we arrived at the throne of God, and I saw thousands and thousands of angels gathered together there. Then we started to go down, and the Lord and I stopped in a very white beautiful cloud. The Lord gave orders to the angels to come and receive the church, and the Lord told me, Servant, watch carefully, because this is the way it will be when I come back, this will be my coming. I saw people raised from the four corners of the earth, praising the name of the Lord. All those people were covered with the power of God. They were dressed in white robes rising up and up. They began to sing a very beautiful song, Holy, 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 are thee O Lord. Thank you Father, for you have raised us. Thank you Lord, for you have raised us. I saw many different people tall, short, dark, white. All the people, and all those angels went up to the cloud where the Lord and I were. All the people and angels were full of thanksgiving to the Lord, and we all said, Holy, 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 are thee O Lord. It was such a tremendous thing, I saw so many people that I thought I knew them. They all were covered with the glory of God. After that, we arrived at the throne of God, and the Lord said, Servant, come here. We went out of the throne room, and arrived at a place with a very tiny window. The Lord said, Servant, now look down. I saw terrible desolation, such tremendous desolation, the whole earth was desolate and full of pain. The Lord said, 
Look, servant, this is what is going to be after I have taken my people from the earth, this will be after my coming, this will be when my church is here with me. I saw such tremendous desolation. I saw people that were celebrating one moment, but then, I saw a father looking for his son, a mother looking for her daughters, but they couldn't find them, because Almighty God had taken them. Relatives were looking for other relatives but they could not find them. People were looking for their neighbors but couldn't find them, because the Lord had taken them up with him. Something terrible was happening over all the earth. I saw a pastor running from one place to another, and I asked the Lord, Lord, why does that man run from one place to another? The Lord replied, Servant, this man was a pastor, but because he thought that I was going to delay, he was left behind. He did not think that I was going to come now, he thought that it was going to take a long time before I would come back, and that is why he was left behind. The pastor was running all over, saying Lord, why was I left behind? If I am a pastor, if I have a position in the church, and the church is gone, I am left behind? Why have I been left behind? The Lord said, Servant, I can't do anything now, he thought my coming was going to delay. Well, he was left behind. I saw how the pastor was persecuted. He said, the only thing I want is to be taken with Christ. The only thing that I want is to be with the Lord because I do not want to be here, and have to suffer in the great tribulation. He kept running from place to place and asking himself, why was I left behind? Take me with you Lord. I don't want to be here and suffer. The Lord said, Servant, there is nothing I can do now. For a long time I talked with him and told him that I was going to come very soon, but he didn't believe me, well, now he is left behind. After the rapture, I saw many other people running all over. So many people were running, desperate trying to find peace but they could not find it. They were shouting, we want the word of life. We are thirsty for the word of God. But it was already too late because the Lord had taken the church with him. I saw so many young girls and boys running through the bushes, running through the mountains trying to find peace. They wanted peace but they could not find it. The Lord told me why. Servant, I have already taken my church, and now Satan is the one in control. Satan was already ruling over the earth and there was torment over all the earth. People were running from place to place. People wanted to eat each other alive, and pull out each other's hair. They blamed and harmed each other, because they wanted to find peace, but they couldn't find it. It wasn't possible because the Lord had already taken his church. Such a terrible time on earth, I saw such horrifying things. So many people were hurting each other, saying, we want love. We want peace. But it was too late. The Lord told me. Look, my servant, I talked to them, I spent much time knocking at the hearts of these people, but they did not want to look for me. Well, now they are left behind, 
and there is nothing I can do for them now. What? Because I have already taken my church with me. While all my people are with me in heaven enjoying the marriage of the Lamb, all these people here will suffer great pain, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For they did not want to obey my word, they preferred to make fun and criticize my word. After that, the Lord showed me a big beautiful book. It was very shiny and made of gold. I said, Lord that big book, what is it for? He told me. Servant, in this book are the names of those that praise me, and the names of those that have repented and have looked for my ways. For this is the book of life. In this book are written all of those names that gather together to praise and glorify my name. The book was so big, and had letters written in gold. He said, Look, my servant, many of these names I haven't erased because of my mercy, because many have turned their backs on me. Many have turned their backs on me, but my mercy is so big that I haven't erased them yet, for it is not my will that anyone perish, but that everyone have eternal life. I began to touch the book, and saw that so many names were written in it. After that, the Lord told me, Servant, I will show you hell. So I said, Lord, no, I won't be able to bear it, with all that you have shown me already, I've had enough. And the Lord told me, Servant, I will show you hell, so that you will go and tell the church and the people that there is a heaven, but there is also a hell. We started to go down and down. We were still far from hell when I began to hear shouts and great groans. I said, Lord take me out of here, because I won't be able to face this. The Lord replied, Look, my servant, do not be afraid because I am with you. Let's go forward. We arrived at a place where a person was shouting. I asked the Lord, Lord, why have we stopped here? He replied, Look, servant, look very carefully at this person, because this person was a relative of yours on earth. And I said, Lord, who is this? I cannot recognize this person. The Lord said, This person was your grandmother while on earth, she was your relative, but she was very unbelieving, that is why she is here now. She said, Please give me water, take me out of here, because I cannot stand this pain anymore, I am thirsty. But I couldn't do anything, the only thing I did was cry. I said, Lord for your infinite mercy and your infinite goodness, take her out of here. Why is she here, if my parents told me she was in heaven? The Lord said, Servant, the priest told your parents that she had gone to heaven, but that was a lie. That was a lie, because she used to bow before images, she adored images, and look how those images could not save her. Many times I knocked on her heart, so she would open it, and I would come inside, but instead she decided to make fun of my word. She decided it was better to follow the world than honor my name, and that is why she is here. She never wanted to accept my word, she never wanted to repent, 
and the priest told them that she had flown to the heavens and that she was already in the heavenly mansions, but that was a lot. Look my servant, where she is. She was crying with such agony. She said, Give me water. Take me out of here. The Lord said, Servant, I can't do anything now, this soul doesn't belong to me anymore. We turned and walked away. She shouted to me, Don't leave me here. Give me water. Take me out of here. He could not do anything. We continued looking at so many people. Souls tried to grab the Lord's clothes, saying, Take us out of here. But the Lord told them, Get apart from me, because you don't belong to me anymore, you belong to Satan and his demons. It was such a terrible place, with so many souls, so many people. We continued writing, and arrived at a very terrible place, and the Lord said, Look, servant, I will show you the throne of Satan. I told him, No Lord, I don't want to see that throne. He replied, Servant, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Then we arrived at a terrible horrifying place, I saw a huge enormous chair with Satan sitting on it. He had big nails, and he laughed and laughed, he could not stop laughing. I also saw demons everywhere. I saw demons of different sizes, I saw principalities, I saw strongholds, and many different demons. I saw how Satan gave orders to his demons, orders to go up to the earth and provoke all kinds of evil things. I saw how those demons went up and provoked crashes, slaughters, fights, divorces and all kinds of evil things. Then they would come down and report to him everything that they did. And Satan would just laugh and laugh. Satan gave prizes to the demons, and the demons began to celebrate him and praise him and sing for him. I saw how Satan had so many plans to destroy Christians, big plans to destroy the servants of God. I saw huge churches and congregations that were full of modernism. The Lord said, Look, servant, these churches are possessed by Satan, and they won't be able to go up with me. The Lord showed me how demons provoked so many killings and all those souls would then arrive in this damnation, a horrible place. I saw a furnace, and the Lord said, Look, servant, this is the lake of fire, and this is hell. Every time the demons provoked slaughters, all of the souls fell down to this place. The fire would consume them and they would melt. The souls cried with pain and horror, and the demons would come back to the throne of Satan and tell him what they had done. Satan would just laugh and laugh and give prizes to the demons. The demons would then sing and jump for him, and do all kinds of things to celebrate him. Satan laughed with joy and pride because of all the souls that were arriving in hell. They kept falling second after second, and Satan was so proud that he could not stop laughing. I also sensed many demonic feelings in that place, so many strongholds. I said, Lord please take me out of here, I can't stand it anymore. The demons would poke and torment the souls there. The souls would scream, 
leave us alone. Leave us in peace, we don't want more torment, we want peace. And the demons would laugh. After that, we left and the Lord said, Look, servant, I will show you the holy city, so you can go and tell my people the grandeurs that I have for them. We went up, and arrived at a beautiful place, where there were beautiful trees, pines so high. Everything was so beautiful there. I could feel such a sense of peace. In the door of that city was a beautiful rainbow. There were many angels on both sides of a road. We went through the door and the Lord said, Servant, this is the holy city. We walked until we arrived at a garden full of beautiful roses, roses like I've never seen on earth. I let go of the Lord's hand and I ran to the garden. I hugged the flowers, they were so fine and their smell was so delicious. I was going to cut a flower but the Lord said, No, servant, you cannot take anything yet. You will be able to take these flowers only when my people come here. When my church arrives to this place, then you will be able to take of these flowers. And I said, Lord, I wanted to take just one flower to earth and show it to all the churches. But the Lord said, No, servant, because my people are not here yet. I saw many different types of beautiful flowers. Then we rode through beautiful green grass. The Lord sat down on the grass, and with a beautiful smile, he said, Servant, all this that you touch and see, I have prepared for my people. We then rode to a place with a huge tree that was full of fruits. I said, Lord, this tree? What does this tree mean? And all these fruits? I was also going to pull off one of the fruits but the Lord told me again. No, servant, you cannot take those fruits yet, because this tree is the tree of life, and from this tree, my people shall eat when they come up here. Meanwhile you cannot take anything until my people have arrived here. The tree had such beautiful fruits. Then we continued riding, and I saw so many beautiful butterflies and animals. The Lord said, Servant, all these things here are for my people. Tell my people that very soon, they are going to be here, riding in this holy city. We continued and arrived at another beautiful place, with many huge trees and pines. The Lord said, Servant, all of this is for my people. Servant, come here because I will show you many wonders. We arrived at a beautiful place that was full of angels. One angel was huge, and had a big trumpet to his mouth. I said, Lord, that angel, what does that mean? The Lord replied, Look, servant, this angel is waiting for a signal, this angel is waiting for an order that I give, so he can begin to sound a trumpet, and when this angel begins to play that trumpet, my people will be taken up, raised, and transformed. But be sure of one thing, servant, this trumpet will be just heard by those that are watching. So go and tell my people to watch, tell to my people, don't sleep. Because if you fall asleep, you won't hear the trumpet. 
Tell to my people to be watching, for those that are sleeping, I won't be able to raise them up. The angel was so big and beautiful, and behind him were many more angels that had smaller trumpets. Those trumpets were made of gold, and were very shiny. The Lord said, Servant, tell my people to get ready, because I am about to give the order for the trumpet to sound. We began to write again, and the Lord said, Look, servant, I will show you the throne of my father. I haven't shown it to you, but I will show you now, so that you can go and tell my people that my father is real, and that I am real. The Lord, the angels, and myself, then began to walk. When we were still far from the Father's throne, I felt that I could not take it anymore, I could not stand before such power and glory. As we got closer and closer, I felt like I was a feather, I could hardly walk. If the angels were not holding me, I could not continue walking. We arrived at the throne of the Father, and I could feel such tremendous power from the throne. Powerful lightning came from the throne, it was so glorious and huge. Such power surrounded the throne, it was glowing and made of gold. Someone was sitting on the throne, but I could not see his face, I could not stand the power coming from the throne. I could only see the father from his waist down. But from his waist up, I could not see because I then had fallen to the floor. I fell because I could not bear such power and glory. After that, I saw twenty-four elders praising and glorifying the name of the Lord. I saw huge archangels also glorifying the name of the Lord. The twenty-four elders knelt down saying, Holy, 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 are the O Lord. The angels never got tired of glorifying and praising the Lord, and the elders never stopped glorifying the name of the Lord. Tremendous fire came from the throne, and there were so many beautiful things upon and within that throne. Then we left and came to a place where there was a huge angel. I asked, Lord, who is that angel? The Lord replied, Look, servant, this is the angel, Gabriel, and look at this other angel, for this is Michael. They were so big, and beautiful. The Lord said, Servant, please tell my people that the angel Gabriel and the angel Michael really do exist. Afterwards, the Lord said, Servant, come here, because I will show you the whip. We arrived to another place where I saw the Lord take out a whip that had three ends. He hit it against a very big chair, and said, Servant, this is for the disobedient. This whip is for those that do not want to obey my word. Since they do not want to obey my word, well, I whip them with this whip, because I punish those who I love. I saw how the Lord hit the chair with that whip, and I said, Please, Lord, do not hit me with that whip. Well, then servant, obey me, because those who don't obey me I discipline. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest, and repent. Then the Lord took me to a precious place, a tremendous place, where I saw more crowns of gold. But those crowns already had names written on them, and were full of pearls. 
The Lord said, Servant, here I allow you to see. This is to show you that the crowns of my servants who are working in my vineyard, I have them here. So you can see my servants that are preaching my word. I have big rewards for them. I saw thousands and thousands of crowns, all of them with names written on them. I touched another crown, but I saw that this crown began to lose all of the stones embedded within it. Look, servant, this is what happens to those that don't want to work in my vineyard anymore, to those that prefer to turn their backs on me rather than praise me. Look, servant, these servants that don't want to praise me anymore, this is what happens to their crowns. The servants that don't want to work in my vineyard anymore, this is what happens to their crowns. Then the Lord took me to another very beautiful place, and I saw a lot of people that were sleeping. They had on very white robes. I said, Lord, who are all these people? The Lord replied, Look, servant, all of these people here are those who have died on earth, and now they are here resting in paradise, and when I give the order for the trumpet to be sounded, the ones that are dead shall be raised first, and then the ones that are on the earth. There were so many people, and their garments were so white. Nobody was talking to anyone else, they were just sleeping, in a very deep sleep. And the Lord told me, Servant, they are resting, but when the trumpet sounds, these will be raised up first, and then those who remain on the earth will be raised up together with them, to be with me. And then we shall celebrate the wedding of the Lamb. At this time, I felt the Lord embrace me with so much love and compassion, as I felt my soul return back to my body on the floor in that church on that Sunday morning service. To this day, I share this testimony and keep this account far close to my heart. I realize now, even more, how important it is to have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in each and every one of our lives today. May we partake in His salvation, His goodness, and may we meet again together at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All right, well, let's get to today's prophecy update. I sense that the Lord would have me share with you something that he had ministered to me in light of the events of last week and what a week it was. First, though, I hope you'll bear with me until we get to the conclusion of today's update, which is why I wanted to get to it. I want to sort of recap uh, the busy, and I'll add, grievous week that we just witnessed here in America. If you're anything like me, and I suspect you are, it was really a hard week. I found myself weeping more than once. Just a, such a difficult week. From the announcement by the FBI Director James Comey at the beginning of the week to the assassination of police officers and everything in between towards the end of the week. And this even ongoing uh, as we speak. I was watching uh, just this morning as the protests, if you can imagine, continue. I suppose you could say that 
while we as Christians shouldn't be surprised or alarmed, it is, at the very least, very disturbing. Surprising, no. Disturbing, yes. I'll begin with what was arguably the most disturbing news from last week, starting with this Times of Israel report from yesterday. And you'll forgive me for quoting other news sources other than, if I can help it, other than domestic here in the U.S. Because, again, you'll forgive me, but the, the media here in the United States of America is just... Um, it's really bad and it's getting worse sadly that's not to say that these other news sources are necessarily that much better but they are certainly better than the news just to give an example I'm watching on my multiple TV screens as all of this is unfolding and in the wake of five police officers being assassinated by this demon-possessed man, and he's a demon-possessed, was a demon-possessed man. You, you have to be demon-possessed to do what he did. CNN is focusing on the police who are, as we'll talk about here more in a moment, guilty without even having the opportunity to be proven innocent. And that's all they're, they're, they're showing. They're not showing the people who pulled over and stood up and honored this fallen hero whose life was taken by this demon-possessed man. They, were, they weren't showing that on CNN. They showed it on Fox to their credit. But on CNN, they're showing the Bat, Baton Rouge and the other, uh, I forget where it was that it took place. There was two of them last week, right? Well, the Times of Israel reports on how that thousands of protesters are continuing to take to the streets. They did so Friday and yesterday and even as of today as well, under the banner of peaceful protests. And this after what they're calling a black extremist, that's what they're calling him, shot dead five police officers during what was supposed to be a peaceful march against police brutality in Texas. While the White House ruled out any link between the gunmen and known terrorist organizations, there was a problem. The problem is, is that Micah Johnson's Facebook page ties him to a number of organizations listed as hate groups by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which studies such movements in the United States. Groups that he liked on Facebook include, you ready for this, the New Black Panther Party and the Nation of Islam, both known for expressing virulently anti-Semitic and anti-white views. I don't know how much you know about the Nation of Islam, but its founder, one Louis Farrakhan, has many times preached to his Muslim congregation that, quote, white people know they deserve to die. 
This while he shouts, Allah u Akbar, which in Arabic means, not Allah is great, in Arabic it means, Allah is greater, greater. As the events of Thursday night and early Friday morning were unfolding, it was reported that Johnson had not only echoed Farrakhan's statements about white people, particularly white police officers who deserve to die. He also stated, and I found this very interesting, and perhaps you heard this as it was breaking. He also stated that, quote, the end was near. Close quote. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? Well, sadly, as is often the case when we're visited with evil of this nature, and we have been visited with evil once again, what gets lost in the mire of the madness is the fact that these were police officers that uphold the law. They were also fathers and husbands and brothers and sons. And if you don't mind, I want to take the opportunity to honor them. And in so doing, ask you to pray for the police officers that we're blessed to have here in our church, all of whom I've had the privilege of getting to know. First, pictured here is Brent Thompson, a newlywed. Patrick Zamaripa, who did three tours in Iraq. Michael Kroll, who moved to Dallas to become a police officer. Mike Smiths, who leaves behind his wife of 17 years. And Lauren Ahrens, who was a 14-year veteran of the police force, also leaving behind a wife. As for the police officers that we have here at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, please pray, and I have their names on the screen, for Urban Bolibol, Paula Harris, and Art Kendall. By the way, uh, Urban is the one that you see in uniform. He does this of his own volition. He does special duty here at the church, not to scare anybody, unless you're a bad guy. We want to scare you. Be very afraid. Be very, very afraid. But we live in a very different world today, don't we? Clearly, police officers are under attack in this country. And we've talked about this before. Perhaps if the Lord presents the opportunity, we'll talk about it again. But I am of the belief that right now, what is under attack is anything that is a structured authority. Whether it's the authority of law enforcement, it is a dismantling and a destroying. Think about this. It, it, this is textbook divide and conquer. This is the tactic of the enemy, divide and conquer, and not just here in America, but in Israel too. Divide Jerusalem, conquer Israel. That's Zechariah 12. We've talked about that as well. Divide and conquer. That's, that's what's happening here. This is textbook what's happening here. And regrettably, it's under the banner of rushing to judgment, pronouncing police officers guilty without even having a chance to be found innocent. Innocent until proven guilty is dead. It's dead. It doesn't exist. Make no mistake about it. You're kidding yourself if you do. You're burying your, your head in the sand if you do. 
Innocent until proven guilty is dead. It's not even guilty until proven innocent. It's just guilty. Because see, if police, if law enforcement is guilty, well then we can just usher in Sharia law. That's what this is about. Oh, pastor, that's conspiracy theory, isn't it? Okay, whatever. Call it conspiracy theory, if you will. But that's what's going on behind the scenes. And please know, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against black and white, Republican and Democrat, Christian and non-Christian. There are four entities that our battle is against, and Paul lists them in Ephesians 6.12. He says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, here's the first one, principalities. Number two, against powers. Number three, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And number four, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Think about that. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, said, Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan is very cunning. Satan is very clever. And one of the most successful things that he's done is to get the focus off of him and to put it on flesh and blood. So now that Muslim neighbor is my enemy. And I, as the Christian, am the enemy of the Muslim. The black is the enemy of the white. The white is the enemy of the black. The Republican is the enemy of the Democrat. The Democrat is the enemy of the Republican. And the list goes on and on and on ad nauseum. And Satan has succeeded. That's not the battle. That's not the fight. We don't fight a spiritual battle with carnal weaponry, Paul said. Our weapons are not carnal in nature. This is a spiritual battle. I think of Peter who whips out his sword when they come to arrest Jesus and he cuts off the ear of Malchus. And what does Jesus do? He turns to Peter, not with disgust or disdain, but with pity. Peter, you're in effect saying to him, you're fighting a a spiritual battle with, with the weapons of the flesh. This is a spiritual battle that's taking place here, Peter. And you think it's a, it's a battle against flesh and blood? You think it's a battle against Malchus? Malchus isn't the enemy. The devil is the enemy. And that's the battle that's taking place here. Well, this brings us to the stunning announcement by the FBI director, James Comey, concerning Hillary Clinton's emails. Oh, he's going to get political now. Listen. <laughs> Well, I don't have the time to... (laughs) I found this uh, Ruth Sheva article rather insightful. Again, out of Israel. It's titled, What FBI's Comey Could Not Say But Rashi Did. Let me quote. Yes, FBI Director James Comey admitted Hillary Clinton was careless and guilty of mishandling her email servers, but she was not guilty enough to be prosecuted. Guilty, but not guilty enough. That is the crux of it all. Let's make a quick dash to scriptures. About Sodom, we learned that people were rotten, but not completely. They were sneaky, according to this Rashi, but 
clever enough not to get caught. If, for example, it was against the law to steal ten apples, they stole only nine. Oh, okay. It's a loophole. Let's just call it a loophole. It's a, a technicality. We couldn't establish intent. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of the U.S. State Department, whom I know all of us trust implicitly, I guess being clever enough to not get caught <laughs> on the same day they reported, Times of Israel reported on how the U.S. State Department accused Israel of systematically seizing Palestinian land. It seems that maybe Israel is not as clever as the State Department. Apparently they're being accused and they're guilty, not till proven innocent, of stealing ten apples, it seems. But they're being accused of this seizing of Palestinian land. I'm going to go on record again and say, growing up as a kid, I was told that I was a Palestinian, only to find out after I got saved that there's no such thing as a Palestinian. Before statehood, they called the Jews Palestinians. So it's not the Palestinians. We just talked about a Palestinian, Philistine. His name? Well, let's call him the uncircumcised Philistine. Let's not call him by his name. He was a Philistine. He was a so-called Palestinian. There's no more Palestinians. They're called that because the land was called Palestine for almost 2,000 years. Philistia. That's why they call them Palestinians. The land does not belong to the so-called Palestinians. The land belongs to the Jews. The land belongs to Israel. And this is what Isaiah says about calling evil good and good evil. Well, the accusation came after the Jewish state okayed the construction of 800 housing units in the West Bank and East Jerusalem in the unusually strongly worded statement spokesman John Kirby said the reports of new construction permits which came Sunday as a response to two deadly terror attacks called into question Israel's commitment to the two-state solution are you kidding me Israel is being called into question concerning this so-called two-state solution the article goes on to say, if it's true, this report would be the latest step in what seems to be the systematic process of land seizures, settlement expansions, and legalization of outposts that is fundamentally undermining the prospects for a two-state solution. We oppose steps like these, which we believe are counterproductive, Kirby said. He added that Washington was, quote, deeply concerned about the move. The State Department statement followed a similar denunciation from UN Chief Ban Ki-moon. No surprise. This a day earlier. The UN leader is, quote, deeply disappointed that Israel's announcement came days after last week's release of a key report by the Middle East Diplomatic Quartet, the United States, European Union, Russia, and the United Nations that urged Israel to stop 
building settlements, a spokesman said in a statement on Monday. Here's the thing. Remember the so-called land for peace? Do you realize that when Ehud Barak was the prime minister and when Yasser Arafat was still alive and then President Bill Clinton met at Camp David, that Barak gave the Palestinians so-called all that they wanted and they wouldn't take it. Why? Because they don't want a two-state solution. They don't want to live side by side with Israel. They want nothing less than the destruction of Israel. And here's the thing. I hope you know this. Israel knows this. Israel knows this. Gone are the days. Gone are the days when Israel, who finally woke up and smelled the Turkish coffee, beautiful, the best coffee over there, <laughs> woke up and smelled that coffee over there. <laughs> very strong. Very strong, by the way. You remember huh, when we were there, yeah? Okay, I'm back now. I was uh, sorry. But uh, they, wo they woke up and smelled that, that coffee, and they realized that they can give all the land. And it's not going to make any difference. So you know what? That's our land. And if we want to build settlements there, we're going to build settlements there. And you can condemn us. Nothing's new under the sun. You've been condemning us from the very beginning. You can condemn us all you want. That's our land. And we're going to build settlements there. So buzz off. Can I say that? Is that bad? Buzz off? Okay, I just did. I think you would agree that this administration has made it very clear and in no uncertain terms that they are not only vehemently against Israel, they're also against Christians. I, and it's evidenced by articles like this one from a Fox News op-ed piece by Todd Starnes. I really like this, Todd Starnes, by the way. It was on how... Some churches must now comply with transgender bathroom laws in Iowa. We saw this coming, right? Quoting this must-read article, and it is a must-read article. Is a church a place of public accommodation? And if so, are congregations required to follow anti-discrimination laws regarding gender and sexual orientation? That's the issue raised by a brochure published by the Iowa Civil Rights Commission. They contend that any church that opens its doors to the public would be required to comply with sexual orientation and gender identity laws. This ties into what I just mentioned. I'll, I'll quote the rest of the article as, as awful and, and horrific and even unthinkable as it is. But this ties in to what this is all about. This is not about wanting to be married. They don't care about being married. They don't want, quote, same-sex marriage. They want to destroy the institution of marriage. Let me connect the dots a little bit more. They don't want a state with Israel. They want the destruction of Israel. They don't want same-sex marriage. They want the destruction of marriage. They don't want the upholding of our law. They want the destruction of our law to bring in Sharia law. Are you seeing the, the pattern here? Do you see what's really going on here? And again, our battle is not against the politician. Our battle, as difficult as this may be to get your mind around for some, our battle is not against the LGBT. 
community. Our battle is on against flesh and blood. But this is what the enemy is doing. And he's ramping it up because, as Revelation says, he knows he has but a short time. Well, quoting the article, Chelsea Human, First Liberty's chief of staff, told me the ramifications of Iowa's policy cannot be overstated. This is an unprecedented move by a government agency to mandate that any time a church opens its doors to the public that it automatically qualifies as a place of public accommodation. Human said, and this is just the tip of the iceberg, Attorney Human tells me that if the rules are enforced, it could lead to significant trouble for people of faith. That's you and me. The state claims it has the power to regulate what the church even teaches. <laughs> not here they won't. What they are allowed to say from the pulpit, not this pulpit they won't. As God is my witness, I will never bow, I will never cower, and I will never give in. I will never give in. It will never happen. In addition to how they operate regarding matters of gender and sexuality, she said. If the church has a doctrine or theology that is at odds with the state, and they speak out about that, which we do every Sunday here, <laughs> they can have the full weight of the law brought down against them. I fear not man. I fear not what man can do unto me. I fear only the Lord. They have no fear of the Lord in their eyes. They have no fear of the Lord in their eyes. It gets worse. We're not done yet. Did you hear about this? I'm telling you, man. If this weren't disturbing enough, to add insult to injury, according to the Daily Caller on Friday, a California judge has ruled that the Christian dating website Christian Mingle, which is an online platform for single Christians seeking relationships, must now accommodate gay users. Two gay men in California brought a lawsuit against Christian Mingle's parent company, Spark Network, which also administers CatholicMingle.com, AdventistSinglesConnection.com, Black singles.com and a mobile application crosspath. They alleged the site's failure to accommodate gay users violated the Unrest Civil Rights Act, a state anti-discrimination law. And the network will also pay $9,000 to the two plaintiffs and reimburse them for attorney's fees. Now, let's can we just connect one more dot? What are you going to say? No. <laughs> Listen. Here's what's happening. Uh, they are wanting to destroy, they not flesh and blood, the enemy is using this to destroy the authority of the Christian church. That's what this is about. They don't want to use our bathrooms. They don't want to live side by side in peace and security in our restrooms. They want the destruction of our churches. They want the destruction of our churches. They want the destruction of Israel. How, how you package it, what wrapping paper you put around it makes no difference. What's inside is the same. That's the same. Okay. Here's the bottom line. The common denominator with everything that's happening in the world points to, and I know you know this is true, how that the world is neither our home nor is the world our hope. 
Yes, we are in the world, but we are never to be of the world. How do I know if I'm of the world? You'll know you're of the world when you put your hope in the world. Is your hope here? If your hope is here, that means your home is here. And if your home is here, and your hope is here, then you're not only of the world, you're in the world. Actually, this is what the Lord administered to me. In light of all that is taking place, and I hope you understand that it's only going to get worse, right? In light of not only what's happened, but what is likely to happen in the weeks and months ahead as we occupy until he comes. And I know you've heard me say this before, but it's that of loosening our grip on this world. Now that might seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, but... I think we do err greatly if we're holding on to this world and the things of this world like this instead of like this. Our, here's a question, and I ask it of myself. Believe me, I ask it of myself. <laughs> Are my roots down too deep in this temporal world that I'm in? Are my roots down too deep? Well, how... How will I know? You'll know if the mention of and the hope in the soon return of the Lord isn't welcomed. That means you're not ready. It's kind of like before my wife and I got married. I didn't want the Lord to come back until after we got married. And then after the honeymoon, I wanted the Lord to come back right away. And the same thing with kids, by the way. It took, took us so long. And I, I didn't want the Lord to come back until after our, our first son was born. And then after we didn't sleep ever again, I wanted the Lord to come back after. <laughs> but, right? I mean, when things are going good, we don't want the Lord to come back, right? Uh, well, maybe for another time. I just think that sometimes God allows His people to get a glimpse into the reality of the condition of this world that we're in so that we will loosen our grip and we'll want to go. We'll, we'll want the rapture to take place. It, that's our only hope, right? It, it, our hope is not in this year's election. I, I hope your hope isn't in with the way things are going. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you think that's going to change anything? I'll take it a step further, and we're almost done, and I appreciate your patience. I would suggest that for those of us here in the United States, we really need to loosen our grip on this country. Well, Pastor, come on, man. That's not very patriotic. Listen, with all due respect... And I say this in love. I love this country more than most Americans love this country. My parents came to this country with $20 in their pocket to flee Islam. And they came here when I was nine months old. And were it not for them coming to America, I don't know that I would be alive, let alone saved. I love this country. 
I love this country so much. Still, it's still the best country. We're still living and basking in the glory of God's blessing on this, the once most powerful nation on earth. And if you don't believe that, go to Egypt. I don't recommend it. Go to my, my birthplace, Beirut, Lebanon. You won't make it. Just see what it's like in other parts of the world. You'll come back and you'll kiss this ground of this nation. Even though this nation has turned its back on God, God has still blessed this nation. And we're still enjoying the blessing of God on this nation. How much longer is it going to be this way? I don't know. Well, what are you saying? Well, know what I'm not saying. I am not saying that we give up hope in what the Lord could still do in America. <laughs> Listen, the Lord could still bring an awakening and a revival to this country. And if you're wondering how that fits with a pre-tribulation rapture, well, think about it like this. Let's just say, for purpose of discussion, there was an awakening in America, a revival in America, and multitudes came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in America. Then the rapture happens. It would gut this nation out. There'd be, it would be nothing like it is today because we're still here. And the world doesn't know that. The world wants to get rid of us. <laughs> they know not what they ask. We're the salt and the light. And once we're gone, okay, we're out of your, we're out of out of your way now. You can have your new world order thing. <laughs> See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm sorry if that's crass, but. Let me uh, close like I said I would five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is we have overstayed our welcome in a world, not our home. And I think this is becoming more evident as we see the hatred the world has for the Lord and the Lord's people. And again, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And please don't be taken back by this. Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 18 through 25, tells us why. Why the world hates us? The world hates us because the world hates Him first. They hate us because of our association with the Savior. And that's why. And it's a badge of honor. Uh, James says, uh, flips it around to the other side, you're in trouble <laughs> if you're friendly with the world. Because you're at enmity with God. It's not, if you're at enmity with the world, it's a good indication that you're friends with God. You're not at enmity with God. Beware when all men speak well of you. Let me just read one verse and we'll close in prayer. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, there it is, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore... The world hates you. Why don't you all stand and we'll pray. If you have never called upon the name of the Lord, I would implore you today to make today the day of your salvation and to not put it off any, any further, any longer. Why would you want to take that risk. We're talking about eternity here.
This isn't just about life and death. This is about eternal life. Why would you want to take the chance with eternity? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you Romans 10.13, which says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can do that before you leave here today. I hope you will. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that we're not of this world. Thank you, Lord, that we are only passing through, that this is not our final destination. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here in this wonderful church that is my privilege to pastor, that has never called upon you, or somebody watching by way of the Internet that has never called upon you, I pray that today, believing in their hearts, confessing with their mouths, that you, Jesus, are Lord of Lords and King of Kings, that you were crucified, buried, and rose again from the grave that they today can be saved. One thought, just the Lord has just, I believe, by the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. There's somebody watching, and you're in the Middle East, and you're watching this on YouTube. And when you do, the Lord will have spoken to you in such a powerful way that you today are going to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and walk with Him and forsake Islam. Do that today. Do that now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that the Lord will speak to us today. Hallelujah. I hope that today's program will be a blessing. Hallelujah. What a blessing last night. Hallelujah. The Lord, hallelujah, let us feel his presence last night in a special way. Hallelujah. And we're hoping that tonight the Lord will move. Hallelujah. And will continue to do his work in our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. For Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is so good. Hallelujah. And this this is what I've been telling my brothers and sisters. It's all about relationship. This is what God loves, hallelujah. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ loves, hallelujah. This is what the Holy Spirit loves, hallelujah. Relationship with God. When, we are, when we're walking with God, when we're talking with God every day, hallelujah. When we're having that one-on-one relationship with Him, hallelujah. He, he, they get, God gets so happy, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, because this is what God wanted from the beginning of the creations, hallelujah. When God created Adam and Eve, hallelujah was to have a relationship with them. Praise God, hallelujah. And this is what he wants from his people, hallelujah, that will all enter, hallelujah, in relationship, hallelujah, with his son, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And that we let him lead us through his Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. Because he he knows better than what what we know, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. All I I know is I know how to make mistakes, hallelujah. But the Lord Jesus Christ can can lead me out of those mistakes, can lead me in a way, hallelujah, where I can avoid making those mistakes, hallelujah, because he knows, hallelujah, 
uh, which ways to go, hallelujah, praise God, he will lead us to all truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, that's what we need, hallelujah, to be led to all truth, hallelujah, there's so much lie and deceive down here, praise God, hallelujah, well, that we definitely need, need the leading of the Holy Spirit, praise God, hallelujah, especially in this last day that we're in, praise God, hallelujah, we need the Holy Spirit leading us, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, on a daily basis, praise God, hallelujah. So welcome to the Lord's Hour, hallelujah. Tonight we said, hallelujah, that we were going to be speaking about the trumpets, hallelujah, the, the different trumpet sound, praise God, hallelujah. And before we, we, we start, hallelujah, the Bible study, um, I want to let you know that at 9 o'clock, our guest hour, hallelujah, we're going to have our brother Larry Damaris, praise God, hallelujah, and he's going to bring us, hallelujah, another um, Bible study. So God is going to be moving for sure, praise God, hallelujah, because God, this is the word of God, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. We're trying to get other ministry, hallelujah, minister from other countries like China, and we just find out, we got an email from one of the ministers we're trying to get from China, where there's a powerful revival of God happening right now. God is moving in China mightily, hallelujah. You wonder why there's so much persecution to the Christians in China, hallelujah, why Christians are being killed in China, hallelujah, for the gospel, hallelujah. But the gospel is still being preached in China, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. God is still moving mightily in China. That's, that's one of the second greatest revival that is happening around the world right now in China. Praise God, because the other one is in, is in Africa. God, is a revival going on in Africa, hallelujah. Hallelujah, through Dr. Word, God is using him mightily and many other pastors that are joined with him, hallelujah, and they're just seeking God, hallelujah, seeking the move of God, hallelujah. Uh, and I know, we know, I know that I've been getting testimony of, of people that God is moving also through this program, hallelujah, and we hope that, that God will continue to move, hallelujah, and we, and we will see greater things happening, praise God, hallelujah. I want to see greater thing, hallelujah. And I know that the Lord will start a fire somewhere, hallelujah. And that fire of the Spirit is going to continue to grow daily. Praise God, hallelujah. This is not going to go down. This is going to get bigger. Praise God, hallelujah. So keep, keep on inviting your friends, your sister, hallelujah, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, to come and listen to the program, hallelujah. And, and, just, and just pray for me. Pray for the program, hallelujah. Pray that God will continue to move. Hallelujah, and the, the revival will start here. The Lord has shown me a revival that is going to be happening in America soon. In America soon, praise God, hallelujah. And, and I hope, hallelujah, that, that I'm one of the carriers of that revival. That God will start this revival through this radio program, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, and to the brothers and sisters that are listening to me right now, that God will start it anywhere, wherever you are, in Europe, Australia, anywhere, praise God, hallelujah, Canada. You, that you be, you be that person that God will use to bring that revival to where you are, hallelujah, praise God. That God will move mightily to save people, hallelujah, to, to touch people in a supernatural way, praise God, hallelujah. I'm getting a, a message from people that, young, young people, teenagers, that God is touching through this program mightily. And they're, they're telling me they're feeling the power of God that is real, is the word they're using. The God is real, and I'm so happy for the hallelujah, because that's what we want to see, the Lord move, hallelujah. I have told the people, this is not about religion. 
This is about relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. And when you can get that into your spirit, hallelujah, and when you get on your knees and you pray to God, hallelujah, with this understanding that is not that, that Christianity, hallelujah, is not another religion. You know, we know that many people for so many years now have taken Christianity and have made it into just another religion. And this is why so many people have been so scared to just to go to church. Praise God, hallelujah, because they, they, they feel like they're going to enter another religion. And the world right now is tired of religion. Because religion don't do anything for people, hallelujah. Praise God, religion can get you convinced of something, hallelujah. But it's not the same thing when the Lord ministers to you, when the Lord speaks to you, praise God, when the Lord moves in your life. It's totally different from religion. Praise God, hallelujah. And this can continue on, hallelujah. It's just not coming to, to, the, to a church service where you feel the presence of God, then you go home and you're empty again. No, no, when we're talking about relationship, praise God, you're going to carry this presence of God in your life. You're going to carry that anointing. You're going to go to the store shopping and you're going to feel that anointing. Praise God, you're going to go to bed and you're going to feel that presence of God. Hallelujah. And the peoples around you, hallelujah, they're going to feel it too. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, hallelujah. So, I mean, when the Lord started putting this into my heart, that it's not about religion, that it's about relationship. I remember just going out after days just in my house praying and seeking the Lord. And people around me, they would let me know that they were feeling the presence of God. Like in, in the store, when I went shopping, some people would just start worshiping the Lord because the presence of God was so real. Hallelujah. Everywhere I've been going out to, the Lord just been touching people, and they feel the presence of God. And praise God. Hallelujah. And they just thank God because they know it's God moving. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this is what, what we need. We need God in our life. We're tired of religion. Praise God. Hallelujah. Religion has done nothing for us but bring, bring troubles and headaches to our life. Praise God. You, we, we need something real. And that something real is the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. People, you know, the Holy Spirit has been taken so for so granted for so many years. He's been looked up as something that, that you just feel and nothing else. And, and the Holy Spirit is much more than that. I seen the person of the Holy Spirit right in front of my eyes. I have spoken with him out of my body experience. Praise God, hallelujah. And he is a real, real person. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. With a real mind, he'll speak to you, hallelujah, clearly. And you can tell he's a loving, loving, caring person. Praise God, and when you and when you encounter the Holy Spirit in this way, when you when you go in relationship with the Holy Spirit, your life will completely change. You will not be the same. Praise God, Hallelujah! Imagine the Holy Spirit telling you in the middle of the night, "My son or my daughter, get up. I I, I want to talk to you." Praise God, Hallelujah! Having that relationship with the Holy Spirit, how wonderful that is! Or oh, get up. It's time for you to pray. Well, with such a love, praise God, hallelujah. Many ha have wanted it so bad. I get emails from people almost every day. That how, how bad they tell me in the email. They want that relationship with the Lord. They want to hear the Lord speak to them, hallelujah. And let me tell you, this is not difficult. What I'm telling you right now, the Lord has wanted this for, uh, to your life, hallelujah. 
he wanted to have this relationship with you longer than once. You wanted it. Praise God. Hallelujah. He wanted it first. Praise God. You just find out, many of you, that, that, that praise God, hallelujah, that you want this relationship with the Lord. But let me tell you, the Lord wanted this before you death. Praise God, hallelujah. So what prevented the Lord? What prevented the Lord Jesus Christ from having this relationship with you? What prevented him? Sin or disobedience, hallelujah. Because we, we have been growing in, in, in the middle of sin, and we've been practicing sin. We were, we, we've been coming against God. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is holy. Jesus is holy, and the Father is holy. The angels are holy. So we're, we're, dealing, we're dealing with a, with a holy God. Praise God. And when we, when we get into our spirit and our heart deeply, the God is holy, and that the only way we can approach God, hallelujah, is in total repenting, in sincere repenting, seeking the holiness from God, asking God to make us holy like He is. Hallelujah. Asking Jesus to make us holy like He is, to cleanse us, to purify our heart. One of the things that God gave me that he told me to tell his people, hallelujah, is what I've been telling people about Psalm 5110, where, where David cried to the Lord to, to purify his heart. Please, please read Psalm 51, hallelujah. Praise, get one, Psalm 51 into your spirit, because David had that relationship with Jesus, where he can speak to him on a daily basis, hallelujah. And when he sinned with that woman, he lost that relationship. He completely lost it, because now God was not speaking to David anymore. And, and God had to send the prophet Nathan to speak to him, hallelujah, because God was not speaking. Imagine somebody that you're speaking to every morning, every day, a different hour of the day. Now you're not able to communicate with that person because there's a wall. Hallelujah, call sin, dividing you from that person. And, hallelujah, and when you speak to that person, sin is there. Praise God, and Satan is, is taking over that life, praise God, when this happens. Hallelujah. So in his mercy, because the Lord has so, loved us so much, and he has so much mercy for us, he sends the prophet Nathan, praise God, hallelujah, to tell David this story, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And when David reacted to, to the, that injustice, praise God, hallelujah, Nathan said to, the, to him, you are this man. And when he realized what Nathan was saying to him, he said, I have sinned against God. Immediately, he recognized his sin. His sin. And, and the first thing he did was to go on, on his knee, praise God, hallelujah, and repent, repent. Praise God to the Lord. He knew, and then he went on fasting. This is why I tell you, my brothers and sisters, that fasting is so important. The Lord told me, praise God, to go on fasting with him. When I, when I started seeking his presence, I wanted to have so much his holiness on me. I wanted him to cleanse me. And then he, he talked to me about, praise God, hallelujah, having a pure heart, which is the first step into our relationship, into our personal relationship with Jesus, praise God, hallelujah. And when the Lord told me how important it is, hallelujah, praise God, if you read hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, Matthew 5, hallelujah, it says they are very clear, hallelujah, that those that have a pure high will see God, praise God, they will see him, hallelujah. So the key to see God Hallelujah, to have an experience and dreams in different ways with the Lord is to have a pure 
heart. This is the key that God gave me, hallelujah. And this is what I started seeking for. But I noticed, praise God, that after I started seeking the Lord to purify my heart, I started getting tests in my life immediately. A lot of things was happening to me. A lot of time I would feel a, a, a purifying fire going through my heart. You know, as I've been teaching my brother Chance about this, he was telling me yesterday that he was feeling a, a fire purifying his heart. I felt this before. And what the Lord is doing with this fire is purifying your heart, getting you ready for a greater relationship with him, a greater closeness to him. Praise God, hallelujah. So if you want to have a closest relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the Father, the first thing you want to ask God is, praise God, hallelujah, is to start purifying your heart. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ in your prayer, and don't stop asking until he, he tells you your heart is pure, because it will come. He will either will tell you to, through dreams, through revelations, hallelujah, and praise God, hallelujah. He, God speaks to him through different ways, Job said, in, hallelujah, in his book, hallelujah, through dreams, hallelujah. Uh, look it up and read it, praise God, hallelujah. So you see the gospel speaks in different ways. So it's very important, hallelujah, that you seek the Lord to purify your heart like David did in Psalm 51.10. We are in the same situation that David was because they have, in churches, hallelujah, they have not taught us to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I, I learned this directly with the Lord. He taught me this. Hallelujah. Because I wanted it badly. And I kept on crying. And I kept on seeking the Lord for this personal relationship with Him. Basically, and a few years ago, hallelujah, the Lord came to me and revealed to me that having a purified heart is the key to this relationship. Praise God. You want to start with this, my son. Praise God. And as I went in prayer, non-stopping, non non-stopping, Praise God. Like Jesus said to his disciples, not to stop praying, hallelujah. Pray without ceasing, praise God, hallelujah. This is, this is it's so important that we pray without ceasing, that when we want something that we know God wants us for us, hallelujah, we seek it, hallelujah, and we don't stop. It's going to take you maybe days, weeks, or months to have the Lord purify your heart. But don't stop asking every day in your prayer. And ask more than once a day. Praise God, hallelujah. And see what happens. A lot of times you're going to feel a fire going through your heart. A lot of times there are going to be tests. The devil is going to use people against you to try to stop you from doing this. Who will try to stop you from asking the Lord this. Because the devil knows this is real. This is real relationship with the Lord, what I'm telling you about. And he don't want you to have that. Because in the moment you are close to the Lord, which is the light, which is the truth. Praise God, hallelujah. He will start revealing things to you that, that are going to blow your mind off. You're going to be like, whoa, whoa, I didn't know this. I didn't know this, Lord. And the Lord, when the Lord starts speaking to your heart... Because that's the best communication you can have with the Lord. Uh, the heart-to-heart -heart talk, where the Lord speaks to your heart. Hallelujah. From his heart, you hear the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. The devil cannot imitate that. The devil, can, the devil can speak to your ears. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he cannot speak to your heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
So it's very important, hallelujah, that you build this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And then as you, as you do this with the Lord, you will find out that the person of the Holy Spirit becomes more real to your life. Praise God, hallelujah. So it's very important, hallelujah, that you seek this relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. So we, before I go on, hallelujah, I just wanted to share this with the people because there's so many people seeking for this reality of this relationship with the Lord. And I know how important this is, hallelujah, that we have this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that our whole life changes. We're not the same anymore, praise God, hallelujah. It completely changes us, hallelujah. I, I talked to this, I, this, this young girl from Singapore, hallelujah, uh, like around five or six months ago. She used to write to me, and I wrote to her about this, and she went seeking the Lord about this, praise God, hallelujah. And, and, and she told me, hallelujah, how the Lord started purifying her heart, and how everything around her started changing. People started changing about her. Now the enemy was using people against her, her Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But she kept on asking the Lord to continue to purify her heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And she said that she heard when the Lord said to her, now your heart is pure. Hallelujah. And she, she felt so different. She said, I feel like a new person. I don't feel the same anymore, Brother Albie. Thank you for that, for that blessing. I said, thank the Lord, because the Lord gave it to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I was told that God wants this for his people. Praise God, hallelujah. So, praise God, hallelujah. She's been asking the Lord to baptize her in tongues, hallelujah, for many years before this, hallelujah. And after the Lord said to her that her heart was pure, uh, you know, she started asking the Lord, hallelujah. Remember, she was telling me, brother, I don't speak in tongues, hallelujah, and all this. And I said, that's not a problem, hallelujah. The Lord had used me, hallelujah, to lay hands on people, and he baptized them in tongues, hallelujah. But you can do this, hallelujah. Ask the Lord now that he purify your heart to baptize you in tongues, hallelujah. But say tongues of fire, like the disciple, God, hallelujah. And, and she went to her church service, hallelujah. Very anointed church, hallelujah, over there, praise God, hallelujah. And she got baptized, hallelujah, in tongues of fire, she said she felt fire coming down to her, hallelujah. And she just started speaking in another language. Praise God. It was so amazing, she was telling me. She was so happy. So much, so much joy came to her, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So this is important, hallelujah, that, that we have a heart purified, hallelujah. I'm going to bring a Bible study that God has given me about having a heart purified. There are verses in the Bible that, that, that are going to help you. More and more and more because most of the evil things that come out of people, like it says in Mark chapter 7, it comes out from the heart. Praise God, hallelujah. Not just, hallelujah, it's not what, comes, what goes into us or what we eat, hallelujah. It's what comes out of our heart. Adultery, fornication, only things comes out of the heart first before people put it in action, hallelujah. Praise God. Before we commit a sin, it comes out of our heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. So our heart, like he says to, to Ezekiel, is so evil, so wicked. Who knows the heart? God knows the heart. The, the Holy Spirit knows the heart. Hallelujah. So we have, the, hallelujah, praise God. We want the Holy Spirit to be dwelling in us. So we have to ask the Lord to purify our heart. It's so important, hallelujah, that we ask for this, hallelujah. We need it. We, in the time that we're living, hallelujah, with so much chaos, so much trouble, 
So much this, so much that, hallelujah. We, we want to be walking right with God, hallelujah. This is not a time, hallelujah, for us to be living in sin, hallelujah. This is not a time, hallelujah, for us to be putting our eyes on something else besides the Lord. We want to have our eye on Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. We want Jesus to help us now, hallelujah, because we are going through very, very difficult time. Praise God, hallelujah. Well, praise God, hallelujah. Before I go on, hallelujah, I got half an hour more, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. I want to start this Bible study. If I'm not able to finish it today, praise God, hallelujah, because our brother Larry is coming at 9 o'clock. Tomorrow night we'll continue with this Bible study, hallelujah, because th this is going to be such a blessing. All right, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 19. Praise God, hallelujah. Exodus chapter 19, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. This is when Israel came to Mount Sinai. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And verse 1 says, Exactly three months after the people of Israel left Egypt, Hallelujah, they came to the desert of Sinai, Hallelujah. After they started out from Rephidim, Hallelujah, they entered the desert of Sinai. They camped there in the desert, Hallelujah, in front of the mountains, Hallelujah. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called him to, to him from the mountain. He says, Hallelujah, here's what I want you to say to my people, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, who came from Jacob's family. Tell the Israelites, you have seen for yourself what I did to Egypt. Hallelujah. You saw how I carried you, hallelujah, in the wings of eagle and brought you to myself. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see the key of everything with the Lord? The Lord leads you when the Lord calls you to, to, to serve him. Hallelujah. The purpose of the Lord of calling you to serve him, hallelujah, is to call you for himself. He says there to Moses in, in verse 4, that you saw how I carry you in the winds of eagle. Hallelujah. In another word, you are not walking on your, own, on your own feet. God is, you are flying with God. You are flying with the Lord. And I see this in the spirit. I see myself and my brother Larry flying like eagle. And I see the Lord, hallelujah, with us, hallelujah, the Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. So, you saw how I carry you, hallelujah, in the wings of eagle, the Lord said, and brought you to myself. What is the Lord doing in, the, in these last days? What is the purpose of the Lord in our life, of the Lord Jesus Christ, is to bring you and I, praise God, hallelujah, to himself. Hallelujah. This is not about you and I. Hallelujah. Like I said in many programs, this is not about you. This is not about me. This is not about any minister on here on earth. It's not about Larry. It's not about anybody else but the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I bring you to myself, he says to Moses. All the people of Israel, all the purpose, all the calling of God to his people is to bring us to his son, Jesus Christ. For what? So Jesus will lead us. By his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. To lead, he'll lead us into a relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. If this is not the purpose for many years in your life, you have missed the calling of God. Because the calling of God is to bring you into, uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the calling of God for your life. That is the purpose of God to your life. You remember when the Lord said, said, said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, to let go my people so they can come and worship me. It's all about Jesus. 
It's all about us going to him. Hallelujah. And being in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Letting him take control of our life. Hallelujah. Where we become one. And we, you and I are now are not, are not anymore. It's only him. That's what Paul says. Hallelujah. That he was crucified with Jesus. That he, he not live it, but Jesus lived in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. And what he lived in the flesh, he lived it for the glory of the Son of God, Paul says. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus and not about you. You and I, when we go to Jesus, you know what happens to us? You know what happens to you and I? Lord Jesus, please let me speak this word. You know what happens to you and I when we go to Jesus? We die. We, we are buried with Jesus. Hallelujah. As he was very under, as he was very and resurrected on the third day, you and I are buried with him. Praise God, hallelujah. And we are resurrected in a spiritual life with him. Hallelujah. So it will be about him. It will be for his glory. Not for us, but for him. We will be unto the Lord. Praise God, hallelujah. Verse 5, hallelujah. Exodus 19, 5. Now obey me completely. Completely. He don't leave nothing out. There's nothing. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. You cannot serve the Lord halfway through. You cannot serve the Lord, hallelujah, being double-minded. You cannot, hallelujah, say, Lord, I serve you today, but tomorrow I got to go do this. Hallelujah. God is calling you, hallelujah, to come and obey him, according to verse 5, completely, entirely. Praise God, hallelujah. This is the calling of God in our life, hallelujah. Keep my covenant, Jesus, the Lord says. If you do, then all, hallelujah, as a nation will, will be my special treasure. Praise God, hallelujah. Why are not the nation his special treasure right now? Why does he, why he just want to destroy the nations? Praise God, hallelujah. He just wants to destroy the nations, like he told me a couple of nights ago, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. The whole earth, he says there, are, the whole earth is mine, says the Lord. The earth is his. Everything was made by him. Praise God, hallelujah. Everything belonged to him. Praise God, hallelujah. So we have to make our decision. We have to make our mind. We have to make our heart to be of the Lord, to serve the Lord completely. Praise God, hallelujah. Because when we're not, we're living open door to the enemy. The enemy, if you don't make up your mind to serve the Lord, you are leaving yourself open to get attacked by Satan. Because Satan, hallelujah, like that old serpent, hallelujah, is watching you. It's looking at you. He got his principality and angel watching you every single day. Watching what you do, how you behave. Praise God, how I even watching you, how you serve God. Praise God, hallelujah. So you cannot play this halfway. You got to entirely surrender yourself, surrender your life to our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will take over your life, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. When the Lord called me, and just to serve him and listen to him, he made it very clear to me, my son, I want you to serve me completely. And I had a, such a tough time, 
Hallelujah. Given myself to the Lord a hundred percent because I came out of religion. I was a religion person most of all my life, praise God, hallelujah. And when the Lord made a strong calling into my life, it was so very hard. And the Lord said to me, you have so much false teaching, my son. I got to teach you again. I got to start from zero with you again. Because you have a lot of false teaching, praise God, hallelujah. And that is hindering your life. You cannot hear me. You cannot listen to me. I tell you to do something, and you do the opposite. You don't even hear me when I speak to you clearly, because there are thoughts coming into your mind, hallelujah. The devil have access to you. If you want me to start cleaning you up, if you want me to, clear, to, to make you holy, to be completely served, to be serving me the way I want you to, you must listen to me and surrender yourself to be completely my son. Praise God. I didn't know what, what the calling of the Lord to my life. Now I understand, but before, I have such, so much problem. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 6. But you will be a kingdom of priests to serve me. You and I are priests. That's what the Apostle Peter said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter 2.9, hallelujah, that we are priests. We are made priests when we come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is a special calling. Hallelujah. This is, this is a better calling than the one we have, we thought we had. Praise God. Hallelujah. You will be my holy nation. Praise God. You see right there the God called his people unto being holy, separated. That's what the word holy means, separated. We are in the world, Jesus said to his disciples, but we are not of the world. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. We're not. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are here. There is so much sin going on around you and I. Praise God. Hallelujah. But we are not part of that. We don't want to be part of that. We want to be part of Jesus. Hallelujah. Part of his body. We are called to be part of his body. Hallelujah. Members of his body. Praise God, hallelujah. Members of the body of Jesus, Paul said, hallelujah, to the Corinthians, hallelujah. Praise God. This is a special calling, brothers and sisters. So we must, we must pay attention very, very careful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Very sex continues, says, this is what you must tell the Israelite. Praise God, hallelujah. This is what God wanted Moses to explain to his people. Praise God, hallelujah. They didn't know this calling. But God, the Lord did it through Moses, hallelujah. And God is doing it through his prophet, Matthew, Mark, John, and all the apostles and Paul. He's doing the same calling to you and I. Praise. All we got to do is pay attention to the Lord, hallelujah. Hear his voice when he speaks, praise God, hallelujah. Verse 7, hallelujah. So Moses went back. He sends for the elder of the people. He explained to them, hallelujah, everything the Lord had commanded him to say. And all the people answered together. They said, we will do everything the Lord has said. They were so happy to hear that word, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So Moses' brother answered back to the Lord, hallelujah. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, I'm going to come to you and I take cloud. Praise God, hallelujah. The people will hear me speaking with you. In the moment you, hallelujah, surrender to the Lord, hallelujah, obey the Lord, hallelujah, obey his calling to your life, 
what is going to happen? The Lord will want to speak with you. When I call, the Bible says, and you say, I'm here, Lord. Praise God, hallelujah. Like, Sam, like it was told to Samuel from the priest, hallelujah. When you hear that voice again, tell him, here I am, Lord. Speak to me, hallelujah. When you say this to the Lord Jesus Christ, and your personal life, when you are seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, Praise God, hallelujah. We're in a personal relationship. And the Lord sees your sincerity, your sincere repenting, that you are sincerely seeking Him and repenting every single day before His presence. And you start fasting. And you start reading His Word. And you surrender entirely to the Lord. The Lord will want to speak to you. Do you now understand why some of you are not hearing the voice of the Lord? It's because you you cannot surrender to the Lord. Read this chapter again when you have time. And pay attention in detail. Praise God. And what I'm telling you here, this is very important. And the Lord will speak to your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when you surrender entirely to the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, who desires more than you to speak to you, he will speak to you. Praise God. But you must ask him without ceasing to purify your heart. And you must continue in this relationship. And as you sincerely continue to repent all day, hallelujah, praise God, and you start fasting, you start seeking Him sincerely, He will start speaking to you. Praise God, hallelujah. Because listen to what the Lord says to Moses. After the people said amen to Moses, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. They said, yes, Moses. Yes. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to go back to, to verse 17 in case some of you missed this. Hallelujah. So Moses went back. Hallelujah. He sends, hallelujah, for the other other people. Hallelujah. He explained to them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. And all the people answered together in agreement. Hallelujah. They wanted it. They said, <coughs> excuse me, we well, do the Lord what the Lord has said. We will do this. What the Lord wants from me, if you say, Lord, I will do this. I will do what my brother Alvi is telling me through his word. And it's not brother Alvi, it's you, Lord. It's you, because it's your word, Lord. And when you say to the Lord, yes, I want this, and you seek the Lord, with your heart, because you want it, the Lord that wants it more than you will come to you and will start speaking with you. Verse 9, the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, I'm going to come to you and I take cloud. Praise God, hallelujah. The people will hear me speaking with you. They will always put their trust on you. They Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Remember that Moses was a type of Jesus? Hallelujah. Moses was a type of Jesus. What Jesus was going to do with his people. This is why, hallelujah, the Lord says, hallelujah, that they will put their trust on you. Hallelujah. Because Moses was a type of Jesus. Praise God, hallelujah. But the whole purpose of the Lord was that the people will go to him. Verse 10, the Lord says to Moses, go to the people today and tomorrow. Set them apart for me. Hallelujah. 
Praise hallelujah. Set them apart. Have them be going fasting. Set them apart. Have them wash their clothes, purifying, cleansing. Have the people ready for the third day. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Daniel, hallelujah, fasted three days. The Bible says, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And he said he read it out of, out of, out of Moses. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. On that day I will come down among Zion. Hallelujah. Everyone will see it. See, when you continue in this relationship with the Lord, you will see the Lord. You will see him because he wants us more than you. Everything is possible with God. Everything is possible to those that believe, Jesus said, hallelujah. Verse 12, put limits to the people around the mountains, hallelujah. Tell them, be careful that you do not go up to the mountain, hallelujah. Do not even touch the foot of it, hallelujah. You can be sure that all who touch the mountain will be put to death. Why did this happen to the Jewish people? Because the Lord knew their heart. And the Lord knew that when they said to Moses that they wanted it from the Lord, that they would obey the Lord, they were not being sincere. They were just saying from the mouth and out. Because most of all those people, they not made it into the promised land. They all died. Praise God on their way. Praise God. Because they were not sincere with God. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Do not lay a hand on any of them. Hallelujah. Kill them with a stone. Or sh- hallelujah. Shoot them with arrows. Hallelujah. Whether they are people or animals, do not let them live. The Lord said that they may go up to the mountain only when the ram's horn is given out. Hallelujah. In a long blast. Praise God. Hallelujah. Moses went down to the mountain to the people. But he said, after he set them apart for the Lord, they washed their clothes. He, then he spoke to the people. He said, get ready for the third day. Don't. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stay separated from him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He even told them, don't make love. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 16, on the morning of the third day, there was the thunder and lightning. <coughs> Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And let me tell you, before I continue reading, this is a type of the rapture. When we are going to meet with our Lord Jesus Christ in the cloud, that Paul said, hallelujah. This is a type of the rapture. Praise God, hallelujah. On the morning of the third day, there was a thunder and lightning. And a thick cloud covered the mountain, and a trumpet gave out a very loud blast. Everyone in the, camp, in the camp trembled with fear. You hear that? Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah, for that blast, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God. So we hear the different trumpet, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So we're going to go on with the meaning of the trumpet. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. After the trumpet sound, hallelujah, they Fear God. It was, the blast was so loud, says they on verse 16, that they, everyone in the camp trembled with fear. Praise God. This trumpet of the rapture, when this trumpet sound, hallelujah, the people that hear this trumpet, we're going to have fear in us, hallelujah, because it's a spiritual trumpet. Praise God, hallelujah. And we're going to tremble inside of us, hallelujah. But in that very second, when we hear that trumpet, we're, we're going to be out of here in the blink of an eye. Praise God, hallelujah. I, the Lord gave me the experience of the rapture now three times. Praise God, hallelujah. And it, and it was so awesome. Praise God, hallelujah. That I just want this to happen for me right now and just get out of here. I want to be out of here. Praise God, hallelujah. I want to hear the trumpet and just be out of here. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So this was a type of the rapture that happened here. Praise God, hallelujah. So they mostly let the people out of the camp to meet with God, hallelujah. Then they stood at the foot of the mountain. Praise God, hallelujah. The smoke covered the Mount Sinai because the Lord came down on it with fire. Praise God. That's the fire again, we have said, comes out of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he hallelujah, sometimes shows himself to you like in a bowl of fire. Some people see fire around him, hallelujah, praise God. Um, John saw in the book of Revelation that fire came out of his eyes, praise God, hallelujah. There's so much fire around the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. The smoke rose up from it like a smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled and shook, hallelujah. The sounds of the trumpet got louder and louder. Moses spoke, and the voice of God, hallelujah, answered him, hallelujah. The Lord came down to the top of the mountain Sinai. He told Moses to come to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up, hallelujah. The Lord says to him, go down and warn the people. They must not force their way through to see me, hallelujah. They wanted to see the Lord so bad. Praise God, hallelujah. But the Lord told them not to force himself, hallelujah, because they were not ready. If they, if they do, many of them will die. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So this is what I tell you, that when you go to the Lord Jesus Christ, like, uh, like Paul said, you're going to be dead with Jesus, hallelujah. The, the dead, hallelujah, will lead you to come again alive, to be born again, hallelujah. Praise God, like he explained to Nicodemus, that you must be born again. And many people that are listening to me, they are not born again. They still don't understand what I'm speaking right now. They don't understand what I'm saying about being born again yet. Praise God. But we must be born out of water and out of the Spirit, the Bible says. This is very important. Only God can do this. But in order for that to happen, you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Praise God. The priest approached me when they served, uh, verse 27, they served me, but even they must set themselves apart from me. Even they have to be holy for me. That's what holy means, to set yourself apart from God. Apart from what? Apart from the world. Apart from the things of the world. Praise God. If they do not, listen to this carefully now. The Lord says to Moses, if they do not, my anger will break out against them. Why? (coughs) Excuse me. 
Why is the Lord Jesus Christ so mad at the church? Why? Hear it right there. They have not set themselves apart for the Lord. They have not have walked away from the things of the world, from the things of the flesh, from for the contaminations that there is on television right now. They continue to watch horror movie, sexual explicit movie. Praise God. They're contaminating their soul, body, soul, and spirit before the presence of the Lord. And this has gotten the Lord so mad right now. He is so mad, like my brother Larry says, that he cannot see straight right now. Praise God. Because what? They have not set themselves apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the hour that the Lord is calling us unto holiness. Like it says in the book of Daniel, that the Lord in this end time will purify his people. Excuse me. Will purify us in the end time. And we are in the end time. Hallelujah. If you don't set yourself apart, ministers that are listening to me, pastor. You want to see a greater move of God in your church? You want to see the Lord saving people because no one can save anybody except the Lord Jesus Christ? No one can convict anybody of sin except the Holy Spirit? Praise God, hallelujah. You and I cannot convict anybody of sin. We cannot. I cannot do it. You cannot do it. Praise. You can preach from your pulpit for a thousand years. Hallelujah. And if you, if the Lord doesn't use you, hallelujah, to save people, no one will get saved. This is why I hear from ministers and pastors, no one is getting saved lately. Nothing is happening. Well, I see email from people that are turning back to the Lord most all the time. People that when they watch this video on YouTube, I get, I get an email from people who were Christian for many years who are returning back to the Lord. Because they go and watch those videos, the Lord ministers them, not every Zapata. No. Hallelujah. I need, I need salvation from the Lord. I need the Lord to keep me safe. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that saves. No one else can save anybody. Praise God, hallelujah. So when the Lord, when they watch those videos, the Lord goes and saves them. Because the Lord showed me he will do that through those videos. And they write to me how their life, just a person today, hallelujah, well, thank you, me and my brother Larry, because this person's life, hallelujah, is back with the Lord, and it's unconstant repentance before the Lord. This person wrote to me today. Praise God, hallelujah. People are, are being saved. People are returning back to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord is doing this. Hallelujah. And I hear many people, this is not happening in my church. This is not happening. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. You got to set yourself apart for the Lord. You got to start seeking holiness. You got to stay away from the things of the world. Praise God. And you will see how God can use you. But first, you and I need to be cleansed by the Lord before we can preach to anybody. So the Lord can use us as a cleansed vessel. Because we are only a vessel in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Hallelujah. Praise God. So all glory goes to Him. All honor and all praise goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Praise God. A lot of people write to me like, I can save anybody. I can do it. The Lord Jesus Christ. Keep on sending them back. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to him. The Lord told me this in heaven at the first level, in, his, in front of his throne. He says to me, my son, if they come to me, I will help them. I will help them with such a joy. Because there's nothing that gives the Lord more joy than to save his people, to save those that the Father has given him to bring in the rapture. He wants to save people. He wants to, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, deliver people from going to hell. Because if we're not saved by the Lord, our life is heading to hell, people. Praise God. We need to understand this clearly. Only the Lord can save us. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Hallelujah. Praise God. Back to the 19. Moses says to the Lord, the, the people cannot come up to Mount, to Mount Sinai. You yourself warn us. You said, put limit around the mountain. Set it apart as holy. Then the Lord replied, go down and bring Aaron with you. But the priest and the people must not force their way through. They must not come to me. If they do, my anger will break out against them. Why? They were not ready to approach the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. They had not set themselves apart for the Lord. They were not living a life. Hallelujah. That they were in this world, but they were not part of this world. They were participating in most of the things that were going around them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Exodus 20. This is when the Lord gave uh, Moses the law, the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And verse 18 says, The people saw the thunder and lightning. They heard the trumpet. Uh, they saw the mountain covered with smoke. They trembled with fear and stayed along a way off. Praise God. They said to Moses, Speak to us yourself. Then we will listen. But don't let God speak to us. If, if he does, we will die. Why did they feel this way? Because they did not set themselves apart from the Lord. They were not seeking the Lord with their heart. They were not being sincere and they repenting to the Lord. This is why I, Lord, the Lord have a brother Larry and I telling you, hallelujah, telling other people, because the Lord first applied this to us, to do our sincere repenting to Him. The Lord wants to see that we are sincerely repenting. And how do we show the Lord that we are being sincere? By turning away from sin. It's the only way. When you say to the Lord, I repent for having sex with that woman that is not my wife. Hallelujah. Now you have to show the Lord by not going and sleeping with that woman again. Praise God. You're, you're going to walk away from that woman. You're going to tell that woman, if you have to, that you are not going to sleep with her again. Because now you are serving the Lord, and he wants you to be holy. Praise God. He wants you to be a from sin. Praise God. This is how important it is. Hallelujah. Praise God. We will continue this tomorrow. We're running out of time. Our brother Larry is coming at 9 o'clock. Hallelujah. I'm feeling the presence of the Lord. I'm, I'm just in such a joy with the Lord ministering to my life, and I know the Lord is ministering to many of you, hallelujah. So we'll be back, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, in three to four minutes.
Praise God, praise God, hallelujah, praise God. Well, it's past the hour now, hallelujah. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. Praise God, hallelujah. Remember, hallelujah, that if you want more information about what's going on, you can go to the Lord, the Lord's Hour dot com. The Lord's where S. The Lord's Hour dot com. Excuse me, you can find more information on what's going on with us, hallelujah. We're also going to be putting there the donation we're giving to this organization on Final Frontier Vision for Israel, MessianicBible.com, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. I gave them $250 donation today from, 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 the, from the donation I received from the, from, from the brothers and sisters, hallelujah, from, from, that are listening to the radio, that are sending their donations, hallelujah. And I thank you, I thank Amy, I thank each one of the brothers and sisters for their donations, hallelujah, because I'm sending, hallelujah, a lot of this money to the poor in Israel, hallelujah, your tithes and offering, I'm sending out of this money to the poor in Israel, praise God, to help these people over there, hallelujah, and I'm going to be posting the receipt from the email that I get from this organization, every time we give this donation, we're going to have a separate folder on the Lord'sHour.com so you can go and see, hallelujah, how much we're giving to these people. That we're not just taking your money, hallelujah, and just putting all, all on the radio and all that. Hallelujah, praise God. We're sending money to these people to help the poor. Praise God, hallelujah. So continue to support us. The people that are listening, continue to support us, hallelujah. Praise God, because you're also supporting the poor in Israel, hallelujah. And God will bless you. Like, like you've never been blessed before, hallelujah. The people that are helping us, they're going to see the, the God move in their life greater, hallelujah. I'm getting email from people that God is moving in their life, hallelujah. So continue to support us, hallelujah. And you will see how God will move and how much God will do for you, hallelujah, when you, when you feed the poor in Israel. Praise God, hallelujah. It's so important that we continue to do this, hallelujah. Praise God. Now we got our brother Larry Demers on the line. Oh, yeah, he's going to give to us what God has been given to him. Brother Larry, you there? I'm here, Brother Alvin. All right. You ready to start, brother? Ready to go. All right, brother. Go ahead. Praise God. The mic is yours now. Uh, children of God, welcome to the Lord's Hour. This is a very important message from our Father. Our Father wants everyone to know why he is bringing judgment on the world today. Everything in this world is topsy-turvy. As I've said before, everything in heaven is 180 degrees from what happens down here. God is very, very mad at us. And his son is about to execute this judgment that his father has decreed. Right. What we're going to go over tonight is a word that was given to me, most of it in May of 2010. When, when this word was given to me, uh, the Lord was in tears. He said, finally, people are going to know how this world is going to end. And you're going to see how the world is going to end, how the events are going to unfold. Okay, and we're going to give you the reason why this judgment is going to come down today. But first, I'd like to pray to the Lord and His Father. Holy Lord Jesus, Holy Lord Jesus, please let these words be your words. Holy Lord Jesus, your children want to know why you are bringing this judgment. Please, Holy Lord Jesus, reveal this to us. Reveal reveal your innermost secrets to us. Why is this judgment coming down? Holy Father of God, Holy Father of God, our true Father, bring your glory down on your children tonight, Father. Please bring your glory down to let them know this message comes direct from your throne. 
as you just told me before I come in here, these are your words through your Son and your Holy Spirit. Holy Father, please rain down your glory on us tonight. The first and biggest problem that we have is that we are not in repentance. Never mind sincere repentance, especially the country of the United States is not in repentance. They have thumbed their nose at God. They've taken God out of the court system. They've taken God out of the schools. They've taken God out of everywhere. And what's happened is God is not happy with this. Five years ago, our Holy Father took his hand of protection off of this country. And you've seen what has happened with, from that point to here. We're, uh, we're run by principalities, demons. They're running our Congress. Uh, they're re running the highest office. They're running our military. And we're going to find this out real soon because when, the, when, when, this, when this California earthquake comes, uh, this government is going to declare martial law, and you're going to find out what's going on in the United States real quick. God knows this. He knows the heart of the people, okay, and he's, 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 just, he's just not happy. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to – my sister, Chu Thomas, has been telling me for quite some time that we are in the days of Noah. We are in the days of Noah. He, she's been telling me this judgment's been coming because of because of, the, of what happened in Noah. God destroyed the earth then. God is destroying the earth now for the same reason that if we that happened in the days of Noah. Okay, this is not this is not rocket science. God is the same today as he was yesterday, as he was two, three, four, five thousand years ago. He is the same. He does not change. Okay, it is sin, it is grievous sin that is causing the separation between God and his people. Now, the first verse I'm going to go, again, Chu Thomas tells me all the time, we are in the days of Noah, that's what's happening. Only a handful are going to be saved as in the days of Noah. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and we're going to go to verse 36. Okay, verse Verse 37 first. For as were the days of Noah, so will it be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, people of God, listen to this again. All right, I'm going to read this verse again. This is so important for us. The Lord and the Holy Spirit both pointed this verse out to me. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay? It is just that way. We just don't pay attention to God. I don't pay attention to God. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. <clears throat> the Son of Man is about to release this West Coast earthquake. Right? It, it, it's, it's a huge, huge earthquake. Now, one of the things is that we, as Alvi said before, we don't listen to God. Okay, We truly don't listen to God. All right? 
and and God talks to me 24 hours a day, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I don't. And it's hard to understand what they're saying sometimes, because God is truth, and everything down here on the face of the earth is a lie. It's the devil's world down here. We're all living in this world. That's why God has isolated me from this world. I stay home. I go to the supermarket once or twice a week. That's it. I don't work. I don't do anything. God takes care of me. That's the way God wants it with us. Most people can't do that. They have to go into the world so they're living in a lie. They're living in a dream world. They're living in a world of the devil, which is contrary to what the world of God is. All right. Now, what we're going to do is go into Genesis 6, okay? What happened in the day of Noah is that the flood came and destroyed everything. God was hopping mad, okay? He did save Noah and his family because Noah was a righteous man, okay? And and since then, our population got built up. All right, this is going to, what we're going to reveal tonight is going to shock a lot of people, okay? Shock the living daylights out of them. But as the Lord said, unless we shock the people, they're not going to go. They're not going to move. I mean, we had Chris on the other night. No one's uh, contacting him to say the prayer. Uh, it, it's uh, God is not happy. It's, let's just put it this way. All right. Now, why did God destroy the world in the days of Noah? And I'm going to tell you before I start reading the scripture. It's the same reason He's going to destroy the world now. Okay, and again, when you get this word, you're going to be shocked to the core of your being. All right, Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw that daughters of men, that were that they were fair, and they took them wives all which they chose. All right. The sons of God are fallen angels, demons that God threw out of heaven and threw them into the pit of hell. Okay, that's who the sons of God are. So what happened is these sons of God came down and married human women. Okay, believe me, God wasn't happy with this. All of those that did that, have been thrown into the pit of hell, locked up and chained. Right? That's that's how serious God. That's how mad God God got with this. Now we're going to go on here, okay? That the sons of men saw the daughter, and they took them away. And the Lord said, "My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Let his days shall be a hundred and twenty years." There were giants in the earth in those days. That's the offspring of these fallen angels, demons, and these women. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they were born children to them, the same became mighty men, again, the offspring of, of, of the demons and the, and the women, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thought of his heart was only evil continually. That's where we are today. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth. 
children of God, this is where we're at now. The next portion of this is going to shock, shock the world, okay? Turn to Psalm, I'm going to give you time to do this. Turn to Psalm 78, verse 49. Right, this, is, this, this was pointed out to me by the Holy Spirit of God, okay? And this, I, when I showed this to Alvi, he was shocked, okay? This, this is straight from the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, now let me set a little bit of background here. The children of Israel, as, uh, as Alvi said, were, were coming out of Egypt, and uh, the, the Lord was showing them the way to the promised land. But they, 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 they said to the Lord, again, I have covered this before. When you say to the Holy Lord Jesus Christ that you're going to do something, he is God Almighty. You better darn well do it. Okay? That's a serious, grievous sin that takes tons of sincere repentance. All right. Alvi went over the scripture where these, these men from Israel said to Moses to bring back to the Lord, we will obey the Lord. Wrong. They did not obey the Lord. How many of those people made it into the promised land. Two, not even Moses himself, because he, he committed a sin of unbelief and disobedience to the Lord. Not even Moses crossed the river, the Jordan, and going into the promised land. How many people in the days of Noah made it through the flood? Eight, eight people. Here's what we're talking about, children of God. All right, here we go. Put your seatbelts on. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation. This is God. God cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation, and trouble by sending evil angels among them. What does this mean? It's the same thing as Genesis 6. These demons started breeding with human women. Why did that happen? Because of the disobedience of the children of God. God sent these evil angels down there. I'm going to read this again. This is one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible. And it's totally unbeknownst to anybody. The Holy Spirit of God showed this to me about eight months ago. He, God cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. Now, why did he do this? Disobedience, not repenting of sin, sexual sin, telling God you're going to do something, and you don't do it. God just got angry and angry at these people. I mean, he even opened up a, 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 in a tent, and then some of them fell into the pit of hell. But only two, two that originally left Egypt made it into the promised land. Okay? Here's where we are now, children of God. The same situation. These demons look like human beings. Alvi has seen them up in, up in the second level of heaven, going through a class. All right, and there, these, these principalities were teaching them how to interact with human beings. Okay? So they wouldn't be detected. I'm telling you right now, 
The Holy Lord Jesus Christ has told me, and my Father has told me, the majority of these human beings down here that you think are human beings are demons that look like human beings. And they, people are marrying them and they don't even know they're marrying them. Okay, the offspring becomes demons. Now I'm going to give you something. Lord, should I do this? Go ahead. All right. I told my wife that her brother married a demon. She did. No way. No way. It can't be. Can't be. All right. So I said, that's the way it is. I said, the God is telling me this. Well, they had all, her, her children, my brother's children, her brother's children uh, had, had had children, and my wife used to go down and give presents to them and everything. All right. We got a black, black Christmas card. The children were all black, and the family was dressed out with black, gray, black ground, black clothes, and, they, and the whole outline of the Christmas card was black. Now you tell me what that says. This is where we're at today, children of God. This is why God is ending the world. Because we're in the days of Noah. So Thomas tells me that. Matthew, the book of Matthew tells us that. And God is telling me that. And he is so mad he can't see straight. He took his hand of protection off the United States five years ago. The United States is gone. It's finished. No one's going to survive. Right? Now, what I'm going to do is I got a word. There's been some additions to this word, but it's essentially the same word that I got in May of 2010. So I'm going to go over this. Again, looking at this. We're in severe disobedience. We don't listen to God. We don't repent. I mean, I don't listen to God. I'm in disobedience. I'm sure I am. I try not to be, but I repent all day long. Before I came in here, I repented. All we do is sin. If you repent and sincerely repent, God will forgive your sins. Right? But this is what we're dealing with, a demonic world, the same as in the days of Noah. That's why God destroyed the world then. It says it very plain in Genesis 6. And it says the same thing here. I'm going to read this scripture again. People are saying, this guy's crazy. (laughs) He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. This is where we're at, children of God. And when my brother comes on tomorrow night, let him talk about this, okay? He knows just about as uh, much about this as I do, okay? We're in a heap of trouble with God. This is why every single person on this planet is going to die. God is so mad he can't see straight. All right, this word is called judgment. If you want to go on my page on, on, on the lordshour.com and print out a copy of this, this, this is real good. Again, there was a joyous celebration in heaven in May of 2010 when they gave me the majority of this word. There's been some additions to it yesterday. The Holy Spirit of God dictated this word to me yesterday. All right. Now, the other night, if you listen tonight, not uh, last night to Alvi, he was taken in the Spirit, and, and the Holy Spirit told me he was taken to the state of Pennsylvania. All right. Whereabouts in the state of Pennsylvania, I don't know. Okay? And he's seen a a tsunami wave between four and 500 feet. 
Now, if you're standing there, if you see a tsunami wave between four and 500 feet coming at you in the state of Pennsylvania, all right, the state of Pennsylvania is at least 100 miles away from, from the ocean. It's a long way away. This is a huge wave. Ali says it's twice the size or bigger than that, that wave that was in the movie 2012. And he's standing there, and he's looking at this wave coming in. And he's going, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And the Lord says to him, nobody will survive this. Nobody. Now, in May of 2010, when I got this word, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit told me, you cannot pray for the United States of America. I will not hear those prayers. I will hear prayers for individual, but I will not hear those prayers. This nation is under judgment. Severe, severe judgment by God. And we went over the reasons why. Okay, now, let's take this a step further. Jew Thomas has been telling us since I've known her that God told her that we will be raptured before the judgment. Okay, and we, did, we didn't believe it. We didn't believe it. Okay, we just didn't believe it. Okay, now we thought that this California earthquake was a judgment. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Millions of people are going to be killed. This is a sign to the children of God that the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Father have started the process of destroying this world. It's a sign for his children to wake up. Now, I don't know the period of time between that earthquake and that tsunami on the West Coast and the time we go home. I just don't know. The Father's telling me it's a period of time that we're going to have to suffer. Okay, I just don't have that figure. If I did, believe me, children of God, I would tell it to you. I don't. God has told me it's a period of time. All right, we thought that this California earthquake was the judgment of God. It is not. It is a sign for his children to wake up and start repenting and saying this prayer. Okay? It, 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 the Lord has told me over and over again. He says, you're, 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 not, you're spinning your wheels down here. You and Alvy, he says. He says, if they don't listen to me, the Lord Jesus Christ, if they don't listen to me, then they're not going to listen to you. He says, I have to bring this judgment to wake my people up. Now, this is how serious this is. This is a sign, and millions of people are going to be killed on this sign. This isn't even the judgment. When you see a 500-foot tsunami wave coming at you in Pennsylvania, that's judgment, because everything in New Jersey, in New York, Alvy has seen it. Many people have contacted Alvy and me. They've seen New York City underwater. They've seen Boston underwater. This is what is coming. It's soon. How soon? It's going to happen after we're raptured. All right, this is what God is talking about. Listen to me again. I'm going to speak clearly to you. The sign is going to kill millions of people. How mad do you think God is? That's just a sign, not the judgment. He told me to tell Alvi. God told me to tell Alvi 
that we're going to be so busy after this California earthquake, we better get all the sleep now because we're going to work at 24 hours a day, okay, to get as many people saved as possible. Because that will wake everybody up. I'm telling you, that will wake everybody up. Okay, now, this is the way it's going. This is the what is told to me in May of 2010. This California earthquake will happen. It will be a huge tsunami. Okay, billions of people will die. All right, there will be a period of time, in that time, the USA will declare bankruptcy. What's going to happen right after this California earthquake is our government in the United States is going to declare martial law. The whole world is going to be shocked by this. This is the biggest disaster in the history of the whole world. And it's only a sign. It's not even a judgment. The Lord shocked the living daylights out of me. When Alvy came back, the next day I talked to him, he was shaken to the core of his being. I talked to him on the telephone. I never heard him like that. He was shook up. He was trembling. He could hardly talk. And that was many hours after he had seen this. That's the judgment that's coming, children of God. Okay, so this earthquake will happen in California. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. All right, as soon as that happens, this country will put troops in the street. This is why it's so important that we pray this prayer. We pray this hedge of protection and this wall of fire around us, okay? We need to do that, all right? Or did it, after, I don't know what period of time, they're going to start, they have a red list and a blue list down there in the government. And they're going to start grabbing people out of the house. Now, if you're under the protection of God Almighty, if he has his hand of protection on you, you're not going nowhere. Because this is the devil doing this, Okay? So the martial law will be declared, and this country is going to be really in a state of shock. Not, the whole economy is going to collapse. Earthquakes are going to riddle the, the whole country. A tsunami, a, a, a huge tsunami, not this monster tsunami, is going to hit the, the east coast of the United States. Okay, And people like China and Japan and all these countries that have lent the United States billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, are going to want their money because they're going to say there's no way the United States can recover from this. So what we're going to do is force them, we're going to force them to pay us. So the United States of America, you're going to hear it first right here, will declare bankruptcy. Once the bankruptcy is declared, the Arab nations, the Psalm 83 war is going to start. Okay? This war... All these Arab nations are going to come together in a coalition and they're going to attack the state of Israel because they're going to say the United States is helpless at this point. They can't intervene. The only thing that's keeping these Arab nations from attacking the United States is the hand of the United States. I mean, attacking Israel is the hand of the United States. They're, they're nervous about that. They don't want the United States siding with Israel. Okay, Alvi has seen this war. He went up into the clouds in the spirit with the Lord, and he's seen all these all these Arab countries attacking Israel. All right. Now, what's going to happen for a week, two weeks? I don't know. A period, a short period of time after this Psalm 83 war, 
starts, we're going to be raptured. Okay? Again, this is close. I don't have a date. This is what I was given in May of 2010, and it was jubilation in heaven after I was given that. Again, the California earthquake, the United States goes into bankruptcy, the Psalm 83 war starts. All right, shortly after the Psalm 83 war starts, we're out of here. We're gone. Okay, there's no dates on this. This is this, this, they're telling me the rapture is imminent. All this stuff is imminent. I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't say any more than that. All right, this Psalm 83 war is going to turn into World War III, and it will go nuclear. Okay, Alvi has seen nuclear bombs being let off on the east coast of the United States. Children of God, my Father has promised me we will not see this. We will not see this nuclear war that World War III is going, is, going to, is going to turn into. We will not see it. Okay? Then what's going to happen, the Antichrist, who everybody knows who that is, right, is go, along with the, the false prophet, which is Tony Blair. And, and this was told to me a long time ago. I said, oh, come on, it can't be. He knows who it is now. When God speaks to me, something like that, I do listen. All right, so they're going to broker the peace in World War III. The Antichrist and the false prophet will broker the peace in World War III. And he's going to be hailed, as we know the story from there, and Israel is going to welcome him with open arms, and in the whole world, he's going to be the greatest person in the world. He's deceiving people now, and he's going to deceive people even more then. Okay? Now, once the, everyone says you're in the tribulation, you're this, you're not. God Almighty, my Heavenly Father, and His Holy Son, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, have told me over and over again, the tribulation will not start until this peace treaty is signed. It will not start till the peace treaty is signed. Once the great tribulation starts, it's uh, going to be hell on earth. It's going to be the worst period of time in the history of this world. Okay, now I, I, I'm going to read verbatim what, what God dictated to me on, on this, okay? So, and, and then I'll go into some scripture with it. Once this world enters the Great Tribulation, God will expose the lies of the enemy, and the people will see reality for the first time. What that means is, these demons that look like humans are going to turn into demons. Right? And people will see them for who they are. Okay? It, it, it's, uh, it's not good. Right? If it, it's not good at all. You'd want to save yourself from this. All the lies of the enemy will be exposed and people will be revealed for who they really are. Christians will run for their very lives chased by demons, police, the army, and bounty hunters. Okay, now, Alvi has seen the Great Tribulation, and he has seen what's leading up to the Great Tribulation after these earthquakes and tsunamis hit. Okay, people are living out of garbage cans. Right? Their whole day is, is, is looking for food. That's it. That's what they're doing. They're looking for food to survive. Okay, women are out prostituting themselves for a meal. Okay, and, and, and the people go into gangs, and they, they raid your house. 
This is before the tribulation, okay, and this is after the tribulation. After the tribulation, the main the main difference is going to be after the tribulation starts is you're going to be able to see these demons for who they really are. Okay, so this is not a good period of time, and it's time for us to get right with God. That means constant, sincere repentance. That means saying this prayer our Father gave to us at least, at least twice a day. Okay. My father has told me this country is an abomination to God, and he is hopping mad. Now his son is just as mad as his father. Believe me, Alvi said this, and I've been telling him this for weeks. The Lord is just as mad as his father. The world is in serious trouble. We have a very angry God about to release his wrath on this world. Do not... This is a, a warning to the people. There's Unfortunately, there's people listening to this broadcast that are going to go into the Great Tribulation. Okay, now, the, the, you need to heed this warning. Do not, do not, under any circumstances, take the mark of the beast. It will be a microchip. This microchip is going to be the size of a pinhead, okay? And they're going to put it on your right wrist or your forehead. Right, you're going to be forced to take this mark to live in this society. Otherwise, you're going to be outcast, okay? You're going to be hunted down. And, and, and they're going to give you a choice, either either death by getting your head chopped off or taking this mark. But please, people of God, don't take this mark. All right, with the number 666 on it, it'll be implanted on your right hand or your forehead and will condemn you to an eternity in hell. Now, what you, Thomas, told me, and, was, and, and the Lord told me this also, the second you take this mark of the beast, your soul and your spirit is sent straight to the pit of hell for all eternity. You can never get out. That's the second you take the 666 microchip mark. You are in serious serious trouble All right. God has not forsaken these people that are going into this great tribulation I'm telling you he has not they are his children we're going to go into what you should do in a second once you enter this great tribulation but I want to overemphasize this again in order for you to live in this society just to act, to buy, to sell to work uh, to, uh, to do anything you're going to have to have this mark of the beast. This is why we're telling people now, put away food and water as much as you can. Take your bank account and empty it. If you go up in the rapture, somebody else will be able to use it. Once this, this government declares bankruptcy, they're going to seize all the bank accounts, all the IRAs, all your insurance policies. So you're not going to have it any. So the, the, the key for, for you to do right now is to prepare in, in, in repentance, holiness, get food and water, okay? And, and what you want to do is put your trust in the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. That's the key right now. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only single one that can save you. Thank you, children of God, for listening to this message, okay? This message is a serious, serious message. So what I want to do now is go on and, and, and 
the word that God gave me the other night. I'm shook up with this at this point, okay? Because I never thought that this California earthquake was 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 a sign. I thought that was judgment. That this is shaking me to the core of my being. Okay, my father told me people will have a choice. Be martyred for his son or take the mark of the beast and spend eternity in the lake of fire in the pit of hell with their father the devil. So my father has made it plain to me, you will have a choice. They're not going to force you to take this. They'll deceive you into taking it, but they're not going to force you. Upon taking the mark of the beast, your soul will be immediately thrown into the pit of hell for all eternity. My father has told me every living soul on earth will die. The demons will be killed and thrown into the lake of fire. The humans will die from my father's judgment or be killed by the devil and his demons. If those humans who die or do not die for the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, they will be thrown into the pit of hell for all eternity. In other words, if you're not martyred for the Lord, you're going to hell for all eternity. That's just the way it is. Children of God, this is the great tribulation. May God Almighty have mercy on every human soul that enters the great tribulation. It will be a time of suffering like no other in human history. Children of God, if you do stay in the great tribulation, seek the Holy Lord Jesus Christ in prayer and humility and pray the rapture prayer. It will give you the peace and assurance to get martyred for the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. You need the Lord now more than ever. If you go into the tribulation, the Lord is not going to forsake you. You need to be praying constant repentance to him. All right, he will not forsake. He still loves you and wants to save you from eternal damnation in the pit of hell. You need to establish a close personal relationship with the Lord. This is what Alvy was talking about before. He was talking that you have to start a personal relationship with the Lord. Now, these radio programs are orchestrated by God. Okay, they're, they're not orchestrated by us. So when Alvia is saying something, it, it pertains to what I'm going to be talking about too. So it, 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 if you don't have a close personal relationship with God, then, then you're, you're going to be in serious trouble if you go into this tribulation. But don't let the devil and his demons fool you, okay? God still loves you if you're going into this tribulation, and he wants to save you. But the only way that you're going to get saved is to be martyred for the Lord. That's it. There's no other way. If you want to continue your life as it is now in the Great Tribulation, you have to take the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, you're going to be condemned for all eternity. All right, so this is, a, this is a personal decision you're going to have to make. I mean, the things they're going to be doing to you, to, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to get into all right, do not, now this is something Elvie wanted me to talk to, I'll talk about, okay, churches, okay, this is, this is, this is big, if you go into the tribulation, do not flock to the churches, as in 9-11, everyone is running to the church, right, the churches were overcrowded, I repeat, stay out of the churches. This is the great lie of the enemy. He has taken over all of our churches. 
The Christian church became the church of the devil himself. It is run by demonic principalities and demons, not men of God. Now, I'm going to expound on this because Alvi told me that it's high time that people found out about this. Okay, God had told us for a period of time to stay out of the churches. And it's been drilled into our head that we need to go to church. Okay, many people just say, I have to go to church. It says in the Word of God. Well, what we need is a close personal relationship with the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we found the church on top of a mountain in a tent. And the presence and glory of God came on that place like there was no tomorrow. It was over an hour ride from my house. I'll be go We'd go up every Sunday. One day we got attacked by Satan himself in this church. They had committed disobedience. They had an open door. Satan and his demons and principality put a full-scale attack on us as we're sitting in the church. My wife will verify this. As soon as the Lord, the presence of the Lord was as strong as you would have to cut it with a knife. It was so strong. All of a sudden, the presence of the Lord disappeared. I said, what's going on? The next thing I know, Satan and his demons are standing in front of us. The devil's throwing fiery darts at me. Oh, my goodness. The Holy Spirit is conducting my defense. All the angels, a full-scale battle erupted right in that tent in the spiritual realm. Alvi says, let's get out of here. Off we went. So then we had been going to another church. We decided to go back to that church. We got in there. Right as soon as the service started, eight demonic principalities showed up. They were attacking the pastor. They were attacking the parishioners. And Alvi just ran out the door. Okay? He ran out the door. And we followed. That was it for churches. No more. That's it. The Lord said, you guys stay home. On Sunday is my holy day. He said, you don't go to the store. You fast if you can on Sunday. I'm fasting on Sundays now. A water fast, okay? All right. He says, you don't do anything. You pray, read the word, you stay home, and you honor me that way. And then the Lord said to me, stay out of the churches. My father said to me today, just today, there is no church of mine on the face of the earth. It is of the devil. It is not my church. God himself said this to me. There are a few bastions of churches, one here, one there. Okay, I'm not condemning all the churches. But you, here's how to tell if you're in a, a church of God. Okay, I'm, not, I'm sure there's a few of them out there. They need to be preaching this end-time message, and they need to be preaching it now. They need to be preaching repentance. They need to be able to be preaching holiness. They need to be getting their flock ready for the imminent coming of the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. And they need to be getting their flock ready for this judgment. If they're just quoting just regular scriptures, and going through and building projects, every church I've been in had a building project. That's of the devil, okay? You have to look at this. This is a personal decision that you have to make. We, Since we grew up, it was been pounded in our heads. I come from a Catholic background. You don't go to church, you commit a sin, okay? It, 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 Alvi comes from a Catholic background. It's been drilled into our heads 
for our whole life that you have to go to church. And then the Holy Lord Jesus Christ tells you, I don't want you to go to church. It's not my church. Now, there's a video. and I, I, You want to look up this video on the YouTube. You can write this down. Okay, it's, it's my church is so dirty. Okay, I'm going to get this video on uh, the next time I come on and play this for you. Okay, it's uh, by a lady from Africa named Claire Ondu. And basically what it is, is that uh, the, when, you, when you see this video, the anointment this video has on it is unbelievable. Well, I'm going to play this the next time that, that I come on. Okay, it's going to shock you. The Lord comes down from heaven. And he, he goes to open the door to his church, and he's, I can't go in. My church is too dirty. It's too dirty. It's, and he's screaming and yelling. And this woman is in a state of shock looking at this. And people are, 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 are praying to him to take him with them, take him with them. They can't take you. You're too dirty. You're too dirty. This is what I've been trying to tell you, children of God. We're too dirty. We're living in this world. Again, all you got to do is go on YouTube. When you get finished with this, it's a nine-minute video. My Church is Too Dirty by Claire on A-N-D-A-U. Right, you listen to that. You watch this video. You're going to be in a state of shock. Okay, that's what we're telling you right now. Stay out of the churches, especially if you're in the Great Tribulation. Okay, because the devil's going to be waiting for you there, and he's going to lead you on a path straight to hell. These pastors have either are all demonic, either demonic principalities, or they or they've made a deal with the devil. Okay, and I'm telling you, they're going to lead you straight to hell. If your church isn't preaching what you're hearing, Brother Alvy preach every single night here, get out of there. It's your soul. Okay, now. Pay your tithes and offerings to Israel. Alvi has a list of them on his website. Don't pay your tithes to these church. Because only the money that goes to the poor are you going to get credit for in heaven. I've said this over and over again. I'll come back next time with scriptures. It's in the book of Malachi, okay? And, 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 and some of the things in there will, will, will shock you. The Lord gets mad, okay, when you don't support the poor. You, we don't need to get him any madder than he is right now. All right. Your only chance to survive the great tribulation and gain eternal salvation is to establish a close personal relationship with the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. As Alvi said, the first step, and again, if you look at my word, uh, peace with God under my name and on, on the website, it tells you how to do that. Okay, Put your faith and trust in the Lord, not flesh and bones. Let me repeat this again. This came from the Holy Spirit of God. Put your faith and trust in the Lord, not flesh and bones. The Holy Lord Jesus Christ will not let you down. Humans will. He's God. He will lead you. The Holy Lord Jesus Christ will lead you to eternal salvation, even if you stay in a great tribulation. This will not be an easy path you will walk on in the great tribulation. It is your choice to take or not take the mark of the beast, 666. It is your choice to be martyred for the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. Only you can make this choice. May God give you the strength and faith to take the high road to eternal salvation. 
through our holy Savior, the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this word is called judgment. It's under under my name, Larry, on the website. Now, if, if anyone needs any help praying this prayer that God gave us, okay, please contact Chris. Right, after this, I hope this has woke some people up, okay, because this judgment is here. That's the reason the judgment is coming down. It's the same reason as in the days of Noah. God does not change. We change. Okay, we've become more sinful. All we want to do is, is, is live in this world. God don't want us living in this world. He's isolated me and Alvi totally, totally. So what he said, he said, if you go in the world, all you're going to do is sin. All right? You've got to go to work. You repent all day long. Like I've told you before, repent soon as you sin. I repent all day. I went to the supermarket today. The Lord says on the way out of the supermarket, start repenting, my son. That's the way it is. And then when I repent, I go through the cleansing and purification. Now, there is, there is one section the Lord wanted me to cover on this prayer. Okay, now this, this is an important part. And it, it goes, it, it, this is going to answer a lot of questions to people, okay? They're going to say, I have people calling, oh, what happened to me? You know, my soul in heaven, this and that. Yeah, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask the Holy Spirit. All right. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, if in his, if in, all right, let me read this. Holy Lord Jesus, please intercede for me with my Father in heaven. And if in your eyes, in the Holy Lord Jesus' eyes, it's his decision that the Lord finds you worthy, please ask my Father to put my name in the Lamb's book of life. That's eternal salvation. Now, I'm going to read this. This is so the Lord has laid this on my heart today. If in the Lord's eyes you are worthy, he will go to the Father and ask the Father to put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only the Lord could do this. I talked to the Father all day long. I couldn't do this. The Lord had to intervene for my family with my Father. See, he's the only one that can do this. He's the only one that can save us. It's all about the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. My father has told me over and over again, it's about my son. All he talks to me about is his son. His son, his son. The Lord gave his life for us. The Lord Jesus Christ is everything. If we don't have a close personal relationship with him, we're not going to heaven. And how do you start establishing that? We're going to put together a study on the Holy Spirit and how you can get the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is extremely important, okay, because the Holy Spirit leads you to the Lord and the Lord leads you to the Father. Okay, that, 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 without the Holy Spirit, you're in trouble. I, and if you go through this prayer and you do it faithfully, okay, and you clean yourself up and in the Lord's eyes, you do clean yourself up, but first you've got to start with your heart. You've got to purify your heart. If you look at my cleansing and purification, or the Lord's cleansing and purification, what's, what, what's the first thing there? Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify my heart with your precious blood and the holy fire. That's the first thing on the list for cleansing. That's what Alvi said today. 
The Lord has laid a burden on him about this. So it's all there in this prayer, okay? It's all there for the taking, okay? This judgment is coming down, okay? We're we're ready to go. We're not far from the Great Tribulation. We're not far from this war in Israel. We're not far from nuclear war, okay? It's close. It's close. Now, another person emailed me and said, if I have food, I want to save it for myself. Okay, Chris emailed me to this today and put a burden on me for this. If someone comes to your door in this famine or whatever we're going to go through and asks has no food, and you have food, you must give that person the food you have. Give them a can of soup. Give them a bottle of water. You have to do this. My father told me this. And Chris said to me, and boy, this rung a bell. He says, if people hoard their food and won't give it to other people, they're going to damn themselves before they even get to, into the rapture. God is not going to look at that kindly. So this is real important. The thing's coming up. If you have food, you have to share it with your neighbor. This is so important to God. Okay, it, it, it's not, you see, it's not about us. It's about the Holy Lord Jesus Christ. You just say to yourself, what would the Lord do? Would the Lord turn that person away or give him the last bit of food he has? You know what the Lord is going to do. My father's told me over and over again, conduct your life like my son. Go into the Gospels. Read how my son conducted his life. This is the way I want you to conduct your life, my son. I said, he was God. I can't. He says, well, then you do the best thing you can. Give me 100% effort. He says, I know you can't do, do what my son did. But he says, you can try. And if someone comes to the door and the Lord opened the door and he had one can of food left, do you think he would give it to him? You're darn right he would. So, children of God, conduct yourself like the Holy Lord Jesus Christ, like our Father wants us to do. He's the great example. He's the only one that could save us. Now, I'm going to go into prayer, and I'm going to turn this over to Ali. Holy Lord Jesus, Holy Lord Jesus, please save your children. Please save your children, Holy Lord Jesus. Please save your children. Please save all these children. Please bless your children right now, Lord. Please, in Jesus' name, receive this blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please bless your children. Please save your children, Lord. We know what's coming now. We know the reason why it's coming. We know why you and your father are so mad. Please have mercy on your children, Lord. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.